Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer, we can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 30 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast, adjunct series, quarantine edition. 30 episodes is pretty crazy. It feels like we've been doing this like this forever. It is crazy to me. Uh, this evening, I have a fantastic lineup of human beings in beer that we're going to talk to. Let's just bring them right on. We have Noah Forrest from Beerism co-hosting with me once again. We have Jacob from Sankey and Baron and Chris from Hobson Bros. Gentlemen, let me give you guys a round of applause. Here we go. Welcome, 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 welcome. Look at that. I love it. You guys can't hear, but I actually have sound effects. <laughs> so it's even funny. Um, guys, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How's everybody thanks, doing? Thanks, thanks. What's popping Friday evening? Yeah, we're good. We just had uh, another big release uh, yesterday. Uh, today, I think everybody took it a bit slower. Chris is working on some things there at the brewery. Nice. Uh, I was working on next future releases, upcoming releases. So glad that it's finally Friday night. I'm actually taking off in the morning for a little bit of a vacation. Nice. Uh, yeah, some well-deserved rest. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll be taking Saturday and Sunday night off and working from a cottage on Monday and Tuesday. So uh, this is a fun uh, Friday night to get into and oh, a good yeah. way to get into it. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Sure. No, that's a dope way to, and look, I guess you would have been going nonstop for months and now you, know, you wouldn't have even been had a second to put your head up right because you guys which we will get into you guys open right in the middle of the damn uh pandemic which is yeah. a lot yeah it's pretty crazy yeah may 14th which i think we share a birthday with your uh, previous uh yeah. guests on on the show with uh, yes. third moon brewing so yeah uh yeah crazy times man i feel like the the two breweries and i i, I don't think we're the only breweries who have opened mid-pandemic but I think we're going to have a very, uh, a very different story to tell about with uh, it opening up, and that's gonna that's gonna stay with us forever. But uh, a cool story nonetheless. Hundred percent. It's almost like unique for you guys because you opened right at the start of it. Like people opening now, yeah, they're still opening during the pandemic. But I feel like there's at least more of an understanding of what's going on in the world a little bit, even if it gets worse. It's kind of like we have some kind of expectation. But like, I imagine for you, it was just like I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're getting into the unknown right off the bat, right? Because all you've got is uh, business plan and speculation. So uh, already, that's a big, you know, a, a big question mark getting going into it in the first place. But then you add the different levels of complexity that come with the the pandemic. So uh, for sure, it was uh, it was interesting times. We get we get asked all, all the time how much we're hurting and we basically what we tell people is we don't even know yet. You know, we can't even compare it to pre pandemic, uh, operations. So we'll, uh, we'll find out well, hopefully sooner than later, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough go. It's, it's fun, but it's a tough go. Yeah. I didn't actually think of it like that. That's a really good point is that you don't know how you're doing because I, I imagine you'd have some sort of projections beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I mean, <clears throat> Um, I, I want to say funny enough, but it's not funny at all. But the, yeah. uh, our, our, our business plan called for a very uh, community-focused brewery. We wanted to work with local businesses. We're the, of the opinion that 
you know, where we are having more small businesses are only going to is only going to attract more people. And that was our mentality going in when we started working on this project three and a half years ago. And then if anything, the pandemic is showing that, you know, it is a, a good way to conduct business and to, it, it's a good vision to have as a as a business. And it it. It, it shows you that during times like this, when you have to fall back on your own community, um, you know, when all's said and done, they're the only ones left there, right? So yeah. uh, travel is limited, uh, you know, you can't go out and have a beer. So we're trying to come up with creative ways to, to sort of make, make it interesting for people. But in terms of like what our distribution's gonna look like, our can sales, tap room sales, we have, we still have no idea like what nothing that's gonna look like once. Yeah, yeah that's so, so crazy. Uh, I love it. Yeah. We had a open up this game. Yeah, let's open up. I just got a quick yeah, yeah. yeah start I'm opening and pouring. Yeah. I got a couple of quick comments. Okay, I, yeah. I I had the comment box closed. So Patricia from Overhop is in the building. She said first one. And uh, she also is saying uh, she doesn't know either because Overhop are another brewery that opened uh, in yeah. the middle of the pandemic, which is kind of crazy. And Stefan is in the building. What up, yeah. Steph? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So uh, guys, you want to tell us about uh, this glorious brew that we're pouring right now? Yeah, so this is one of the beers that we started to work on uh, early on. So what we did is is um, the three of us, the three partners, um, started working on, on on different recipes. And this was one of the first recipes we wanted to work work on. We wanted to have a, a hella lager. So this one was literally three years in the making. We didn't wow. really get to the final. Uh, you know, we didn't get everything we wanted just right, right up until uh, until we opened. So, uh, super straight up with all our loggers, we try to, with the exception of Pets France, we try to be as uh, traditional as as possible. Um, we're we're not trying to reinvent the wheels, especially with older styles like this that have been perfected over you know decades, if not centuries. Um, so, so, so with a beer like Des Moines or Des Moines, uh, we really wanted to just make it as, as good a Hellas as we could, we could make it. Um, so we do get access to some, some, some decent ones here. Um, but yeah, so this, this was our, our take on it. Just a, a, a bready malt, malt forward, uh, traditional Hellas lager. Uh, and I'd say it's uh, it's one of our favorites at the brewery, and it's one that we're one we're very proud of. We, uh, you know, in terms of hops and, and different beers, there is a lot of great breweries out there. Uh, but with our Hellas, it's one that we we'd proudly put up against any one of them. Oh yeah! Well, cheers to that, yeah. guys. Or I think what what uh, what was was really cool for me is you you sent me over. Um, a bottle of this when it was still in its uh, testing phases, right? or that you were still like doing it on a homebrew kit, like, a, and uh, so I, I got to kind of like see the evolution, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I see what you mean because, like, it had a. I think it was a bit sweeter back then, if I'm not mistaken. And you've kind of ironed that out a little bit, so it's like it, it. I see what you mean, where like you were, you weren't quite happy with it until right when you started doing production like i quite enjoyed it but i i prefer it as it is now yeah for sure well there's there's the quality of the the equipment we're yes, working uh, with course. we have access to much better ingredients now as well so naturally it was uh our brewer always told us even when we were in the testing stages that everything would be you know x percentage amount better uh than on a homebrew system 
Uh, but that's one they definitely knocked out of the park. So uh, that's one of the recipes where we're not, you know, like we re-released Hippie Rock this week. We're still making tweaks to uh, to a lot of our recipes. You know, it's it's not true. I'd be lying if I said, you know, after five months of uh, operations, we're, you know, everything's perfect and right where right. it needs to be. Uh, so we're still making tweaks on some of the beers. We're pretty happy with where we're at for, you know, being five months in. Um, but that's one I think that that's really sort of that's not going to change. Okay. Hopefully it. not. Hopefully mm-hmm. not. It's, yeah. a, it, it's a favorite for me, too. <laughs> yeah, I remember you telling me about this one, Chris, that it was like your fave. So I was actually really excited. I think that first, uh, Tiff and I were very um, sort of took the pandemic pretty cautiously. So we didn't go out in Montreal at all. And the very, very first place we even touched a glass that wasn't ours was at St. Guillaume. We went up to see Chris. You weren't there that day, unfortunately. But um, I had this Chris thought I wanted the haze because he didn't know it was about that crispy life. And I was really excited to try it. Because he had told me so much, and I knew it would be fire at the brewery, and it was extremely impressive. And I'm like, this is a brilliant example. I can absolutely see why this would go up against anything uh, from in the province in the country. I don't know if you guys Thank knew this you. or not, but Craig is is really um, on your on your dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's like, a. Identifies as a she, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's been it's been like two yeah. metaphorical right? Dick. That Craig's doing that. It's been what, Chris? <laughs> two podcasts. You did that for the the episode you did uh, alone when you drink some girls with uh, with Noah, right? That was when yeah. he understood. You had like a full level. thirty minutes about taking Baron at the end. Oh yeah, like I can't express um, how much I love you guys. I just love everything you're doing. I love everything about it. The branding. This shirt is insane. The quality is so good. This feels expensive. Um, I know. The, I love it. It's beautiful. The branding is out of control. The um, I mean, not before you even talk about the beers, everything I've had, every style, like I can go on about, it. I'm going to wash you with praise all evening guys. So like, I just really love what you're doing. Um, and I think we were very like, no one I've said, and Nathan too, from Nathan does beer. We all like, you guys are all of our favorite new brewery. It's like, I haven't seen many places that excel. Like you can't say, I, Chris and I was kind of talking the other day about this, I guess like you can't, um, be like, Oh, you're saying, yeah, yeah, the Hayes guys. Oh, yeah, they do the lockers. Like, but nah, you guys do everything to a level that I would say you could put up against anything almost. Which is well, that was uh, another sort of conscious de- decision. <clears throat> Not that there's anything. I mean, there's breweries out there, uh, legendary breweries, brewing only one style. You know, you can talk about the Pilsner Kells of the world. Even local, course, yeah. semi-locally, you can look at a brewery like Steam Whistle where they only brew, you know, one beer. And that's perfectly fine. Other breweries will will focus on, you know, the, the haze craze and nothing wrong with that. There's... Um, the way we approach the hazy beers um, is sort of like <clears throat> it's not a uh, it's not the, the leading driver per se in our in our uh, in our portfolio. It's it's more like our portfolio is comprised of beers that we see um, the beers that to us have merit, whether it's for the style, for the you know the recipe, um, the credibility it gets, the the, the difficulty to brew and whatnot. Um, but in saying that, when you appreciate older styles like like uh, Hellas or or Pilsners or uh, you know Gozas, we're coming out with with a Schwartz beer as well, very old style. Nice. Um, nice. You have to 
Yeah, you have to be able to recognize the modern classics as well. Mm. So, um, you know, some people are over the, the the hazy beers, and I mean, come on, you can't be over. I mean, that style, that style, single-handedly put you know so much so much uh, wind in our sails as microbreweries, and they really relaunched the the the, the microbrewery or launched a microbrewery phenomenon we're, we're experiencing right now. So what? there's tremendous tremendous credibility in that style, and it's something I think. We're going to look back in you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and say, man, that was really something when those beers started coming out. And we'll talk about the Trilliums and the Alchemists and the Treehouses and, and, and all of those guys. And it's really quite something. So for us, they play a role in that you know, we get to be more creative with the ingredients because there is tremendous research in terms of hot varieties and um, there's just so much stuff you can do with the different yeasts and malt profiles and hop combinations so you can have a bit more fun with that style but we also recognize it as a very classic style eventually if if that makes sense not definitely that's a really good way to position it. Uh, i think I, I think you're right with that too it's uh it changed it changed the whole spectrum of the industry right everyone's moving towards that <laughs> Yes, it's full on the shelves right now, but it's been uh, probably the greatest time for newcomers in the beer industry. And I've seen that from being at the tap room, speaking with people, like a lot of people that never drank beer because they used to try IPAs eight years ago when they mm. were like just super strong, bitter beers compared to now when you go into those beers. Um, they're like, oh, shit, I didn't know beer can taste like that. And it's just perfect because it ties them into something that they didn't know it was possible. And then you can move them towards uh, new styles. Uh, you can move them into sours and even to a point, get into an Ellis, get into a lager because you have something backing it up. Like, oh, you tasted something great. Then try something classic that is also great, but different in flavors, right? Mm. And sometimes they can be the gateway beer for consumers into your brand. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not we're not brewing beer for people to stand in line for hours in front of the brewery because we just, you know, double dry hop something with Creo and this and that or whatever. But a lot of people thank us for making these beers because they do want to drink local craft beer. But if you're only brewing, you know, if you, you sort of position yourself a certain way, <clears throat> you're alienating other beer drinkers. Now, not everybody can can do different beers or don't care for different beers. We just, we brew what we want to consume. Like our um, our, our Pilsners were released when, when, when the temperature was warmer. We just came out now with a Vienna Lager. Next one's a Schwartz. So we're trying to be very seasonal with our, with our stuff, as most breweries are. Um, but yeah, so we're trying to really position our loggers as seasonal loggers. And, you know, the, the Goza series was more like a summer thing, obviously, because uh, Under the Sun of Rio is not going to do much for you in the middle of winter. That's probably not what you're craving when you're done shoveling after 45 minutes, <laughs> you know. So so we're trying to be very mindful and 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 sort of. We're also in a testing phase. We're releasing new beers very, very often and seeing what's doing better, what's not. But some of the stuff, it's like it's here to stay regardless of how people react to it or not. And uh, they one is definitely one of those beers. I, I really appreciate what you what you guys are doing with what you've chosen. Um, mm. 
I think it's kind of it's funny because at its surface it doesn't necessarily look particularly unique because there are a lot of breweries that are doing similar things. But I think at its core it really is unique because, like you said, you're not you're not going full on like four different any IPAs every release. You're 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 not just and you're not just speckling in a lager once every two months either. You've really kind of managed to take that very contemporary thing of of taking a concentration on hops because i mean it is a big part of your portfolio there's always at least almost one or two for every one of your releases which i think is great because it allows you to really tweak it and kind of perfect it while still bringing in all these other styles because other breweries who do like the opposite thing where they release you know they have a full portfolio of other things and then they only pop in an any ipa once once in a while they tend not to be particularly great because they're not working at it like you guys are so you kind of you're kind of bridging the gap between the two in, in a way that seems to make sense. And like you, you, you know, your your um, your breakfast stout, like that's such an amazing beer. And like I feel like pastry stouts, although I like them, they've taken over now. And so like you can't get like a regular. <laughs> it's funny to call like a breakfast stout, imperial stout, a regular old yeah. beer now. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it was it, when you launched that uh, right off the bat. I really appreciated it because I was like, ah, you know, it's 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 got Pesce vibes. It's got like founders vibes. It's just it 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 works, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are the beers for uh, speaking for myself. That really, you know, those are the beers that you think of, or I used to think of when I when I thought of a a, a good stout. Um, now we do consume uh, pastry stouts and lactose beers every now and then, and th- I think there is room for for those styles for oh, sure. For people sure. are people are drinking them. It's just as a brewery, we took a decision to really stick to more classical stuff. Um, now that decision does come with some consequences because we. I mean, we're filling up a 20-barrel fermenter. So our setup is that we have four 10-barrel uh, fermenters. We started off with four 10-barrel four fermenters where we brewed all of our ales. And then we had a 20-barrel fermenter because we do a proper lagering on all of our lagers. So they take two months to, to brew. So <clears throat> when you think about it, you're taking a period of two months to brew a beer that you're going to sell for less than you're selling your IPAs. Now, I'm not going to get into ratios and profit margins and and all that because it's boring and I don't even have those numbers in front of me. Uh, But, you know, it's relatively all the same. But you are monopolizing a 20-barrel fermenter for a period of two months and you're only, you know, canning that beer after a period of two months where you could have done four-time that production in IPAs. So it, it, it does cut the, the, yeah, so it does cut into your, your sort of um, revenue possibility, if, if I may. But in the long, and, and the other thing about that is, <clears throat> you know, when you do come out with a bunch of New England IPAs, people will like freak out or we've seen enough of it to see that, you know, people will freak out, they'll rush to the brewery, it'll be a big hit. Whereas I think what we're doing is a little more subtle and it might take a bit longer for people to realize what our identity is as a brewery mm-hmm. uh, because it is so subtle because we are, you know, pushing haze out and, and good pale ales and, and good IPAs and good double IPAs. And maybe our releases aren't as sexy as some of those other releases to certain consumers because we're putting out a Vienna lager and we're putting out a port or, we're, you know, whatever it is, it goes or whatever. Um, but we think in the long term that's going to pay off because we hope to be recognized as a very well-rounded brewery. And I okay. think 
it, it depending on the consumer, like a lot of people, I think are going to find that portfolio pretty sexy too. And like what you are choosing, like what you've chosen to release is, are like very particular things that, um, like you're not just throwing out a list or something, right? Like you're doing a robust porter, which I'm in love with. You're doing like all these, these very specific beers that have a, like a slight following to them, even though they're not the smoothies, haze or pastry, which are like the three things now, right? Like yeah. I, I think there's, there's more subtlety to it. And I think there's still a lot of people who definitely appreciate that. Yeah. For sure. We, we kind of want to leave. There's a lot of good drivers in that lane. Uh, there's a lot of good breweries that we appreciate that, we'll, you know, we'll run out and we'll grab their beers whenever we can. Um, but yeah, we just want to offer something a bit different while still, you know, showing we can, we can hang out with the, with the Hayes bros and the, sure. the Hayes, Hayes <laughs> girls and, you know, so, um, yeah, so it's just about having a well-rounded portfolio, uh, showing what, what we're capable of doing and then just brewing styles that we appreciate. And like I said, styles that we find have, uh, have tons of merit. Yeah. It definitely makes it more interesting. I think that you have this eclectic line up because you get like you guys are all saying there's different breweries if, if you want a certain thing there's a lot of breweries that would do just that thing but you can get fire everything from you guys it's like a one-stop shop and i feel like arguably that isn't as common as a brewer who maybe specializes so i think it's arguably also much tougher to be exceptional with crispies with Haze with the stouts, with the more traditional styles like the Forder and the Vienna Lager and things like that. Like you said, I'm sexy, but when they're well made, like the, you know, people they don't I mean, appreciate that. We we've even seen the funny thing, and thank you, really really appreciate it. Um, but the the funny thing is, uh, and I don't know, maybe you guys could could uh, could touch on that, but I know there's a brewery in uh, where is Resilience and uh, Schilling out of? Is it New Hampshire or? Uh, Schilling. I don't even know. Is Schilling the no. brewery or the beer? Schilling is a is a so so it's a, it's a weird thing. So Schilling is a brewery. Um, let me look it up on my phone. This is bothering me. Uh, but Schilling is a brewery, and so is Re Resilience. Apparently, they're the same. Brewery, New Hampshire. They brand New Hampshire. There you go. And and Schilling is oh, okay. pretty much their their loggers and everything. And then Resilience is like their IPA line. But I just um, thought it was it was funny that they would keep them as separate separate brands. brands. Huh. Yeah, yeah, like even like the note. yeah. There you go. And like my question is, if that is the case, you know, it could be different owners like Halicion uh, and and Bose. I don't know. But if yeah. it is the case, like. Which brand do they think would hurt the other one? You know, yeah, yeah. That's it. It is a little strange to to like split it up that um, that you know deliberately. I, like, I guess they've just got two different brand identities, and perhaps they had resilience first or something, and the shilling line didn't didn't meet that brand, which is or another way reason, to do it. Go on, sorry. I was just gonna say, or for some reason they think that consumers will not cross over so they need to have the brand separate in the sense that like you the lager people are going to be one group and then the haze people are going to be another group but i think yeah it's been pretty proven recently that like the crossover yeah. is very much oh yeah. yeah particularly with the crispy one, my, my favorite and i guess you, like every brewery that you can think of um say like the other half i was always weird at first say like two three years ago when I first went there, I'm like, oh, there's a Hellas Lager on the board and then 27 IPAs. But I was like, oh, okay. 
And then that seemed to be the thing. You go to Foam, they always had that. You go to Burlington Beer Company, there always used to be something. Now, like, you know, Misorum and different places like that, there's always the people who specialize in those beers always have a really well-made lager. And then, you know, um, I've seen more of them start to you know, get the Luca side pool that you guys have um, to, to, you know, really bring that in. So there's a huge, huge crossover with that crowd, which therefore leans kind of back into what you are saying before, Jacob, with styles like Vienna lagers. I feel like because now... Even someone like me who was sort of like a re- – not a reformed Haysboro, but kind of like a more adventurous one now. Um, you know, I'm – if I walk into a brewery, the number one thing – I went to St. Kiem. Chris couldn't believe it, but we both t- went to Pilsner and I went the Des Moines. So like that's most interesting to me. I want to see that first and I feel like that's part of it. So now if you had a Vienna, I'm like, well, if the Hellas is that good, the Vienna's got to be fantastic. I know, bless you. You got a Swartz beer? I love yeah. those things. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? So it almost turns these, this whole, whole thing, once again, coming back to what you said earlier about the fact that, um, and Chris was touching on too, about how Hayes has really opened up beer to a whole new audience. It's actually bringing it back to the traditional styles because of the popular, popularity of the typical crispy boys, which will lead back into these other ones. And I bet the cycle will just keep kind of moving into styles that are non-sexy all of a sudden i bet you maybe in here or two brown ales will be the shit i don't know but yeah why not sure. why not why not I mean, it's not even our, our brown nails the shit or uh, i remember the whole bill thing you know a barley wine is life thing yes. and yeah. <laughs> um i mean there's there's been good beers being made forever yeah. uh yeah. you know even some of the beers that people shit on sometimes you're like man it's really not that bad of a beer you know i was um not that it's not that it's a great beer or anything, but um, at our wedding, we were pretty limited in terms of like you know beer options. It was like, well, this is what we have, and obviously they had a contract with Labatt. So, so I was like, fuck, I see people drinking that Labatt Fifty, you know, whatever. Like people just fucking around. And <laughs> so I ordered that, and I'm I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty festive at that point in the evening. And I gotta tell you, it wasn't that bad of a beer. There was like a little hot profile to it. You know, it wasn't anything fantastic. That's not what I'm. It's not what I'm saying. But it no. wasn't like a terrible beer by any means. Labatt um, Fifty so is good. Which one? Now that fifty is good. Yeah, like I, it's, well, it's, I, yeah, it was. It's it was good. Decent. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It's like the most popular macro. We're in when we did the first round of podcasts before we changed to these seasons. Now, um, I used to have a lightning round um, where I would ask quick questions, and one of them was what the first question was: What's your guilty pleasure beer? And I would say, uh, in Canada, eighty to ninety percent of people would say about fifty. In the states, obviously, it was different, oh. but it was so so popular amongst most people and my old co-host scott he's his favorite beer of, uh, like macro beer of all time so i think there's like this nostalgia also associated with about 50 maybe you know what i'm saying that was one of my dad's beer and then that was the one i had my first sip of when i was seven and blah 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 you know what i'm saying like it's yeah. that type of shit but is it a good beer oh, yeah. like technically yeah. probably not but is it better than all the other ones yeah so yeah it seems sure. like it. I, I didn't i didn't have it until the night of my wedding which was a year ago and I, so i don't have any type of nostalgia or memories right. of labat you know i don't have like and and i was like well you know this is decent stuff yeah it could so, be worse um, no, I'm, get, I'm getting you a, a case of Labatt 50. At the <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Here we are praising Labatt 50. On Look at us. Jesus Friday Christ. Night. What's happening? Well, I'm just going to change the topic really quickly. Jacob, I have a very serious question for you. Are you yes. team lactose? 
no. I'm Damn it. Damn it. Not. Cue yeah. <laughs> the sound effect. Cue uh, the sound effect. Yeah. No, no sound effect, Christopher. Applause. Applause. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like farts. Yeah. I had to yeah. check. There's just some things that, you know, like, honestly, with the whole rant I went on before with classical styles and everything, I bet you were kind of expecting it. A little. Uh, but, but then you're open-minded. So, yeah, it's one of those things where I enjoy drinking them. I've had some smoothie, uh, you know, smoothie-fruited uh, kettle sour beers, and and they're fun. They taste great. I, I really enjoy them. Um, I mean, I enjoy some of them, but it's, yeah, it's just uh, like for Black is Beautiful, we went, you know, we added some adjuncts. It was like everything that you see in in um, in some of those those lactose uh, stouts nowadays, like the vanilla and the, like everything was in there. There was just like no lactose, and you're still able to go uh, go get those flavors with 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 your malts and your uh, maybe not exactly the same thing. The texture won't be the same, um, but I think for us wanting to stick to you know, I'm trying not to not to make enemies here or anything because no, we, do, no. we do enjoy those beers, but uh, you know, do like, the right we stick to yeah, we want to stick to uh, <laughs> to more um, classical sort of uh, not classical styles, but okay. traditional beer making. If that Tra- traditional ingredients, I I think the Dimitri. Dimitri said it well at, at the brewery. If you guys don't know, Dimitri is the brewer at Saint Kimbaro, and yeah. he said. I won't. I will never use lactose in our beer because I can make it up in grains instead of lactose. Yeah, like he's so That's confident right. in what he does in general and the grains and ingredients he already has available that for him, adding that is just laziness, in some way. So adding more grain will solve that issue. And I think Dimitri does pretty well with lots of grain in his mash so far. Yeah, from what I've tried. Well, it's like, and a, a good analogy for it too is like you can go, you can go to the gym and get on creatine and 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 get all of that stuff and 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 protein shakes and everything. But then the purists will 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 talk to you and say, well, you can get the same grams of of protein in chicken, and they'd rather do it that way, you know. So gotcha, so it's yeah. two different schools of thought, and and um, yeah, so we still enjoy it. That's just not where we wanted to go as uh, as a brewery. So I'll, I'll go team no lactose. That's, you know like, what? Uh, no one. Good thing you're not team lactose because we would have had to uh, add a little uh, pictogram to that logo. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a milk carton or something? Yeah, a little milk wow. carton. Maybe a little other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it would be accurate. Yeah, that's okay. I'm used to the. I get it every day from these two guys about uh, lactose. So you know what? That was the most diplomatic uh, anti-lactose I've ever heard. So I respect that. I, 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 I've tried to be diplomatic with you, but no, you it's can't. always starting. Out, yeah, I can't. I can't. You can't be. Can't. You tried. I tried, but <laughs> we, we we declared war a year, a year years ago now, yeah. and it, it turned to very violent debates oh, very. online. So we kind of have. Yeah, to, we uh, have to cut that off. That's the funniest Why? thing to me. Like the lactose, like me and Nate don't even really give that much of a fuck about it. It's just like. It's so fun. I mean, between us, we joke about it all the time, and obviously, <laughs> picking a side is made more fun for you know oh, whatever. Yeah. But like online, people get really passionate about it, and it's funny as hell to me. So if you go and see one of these traditional uh, folks and like start being, oh, that pills is great, be better if I had lactose, and then they start getting furious. It's the <laughs> best. I love it. It's total troll behavior, but like these people just make it too easy because they're so angry. Um, the we, we sort of we, we got uh, into some deep stuff already. I wanted to maybe just 
step back a second um, for to get the history of the brewery because this is a, something that you know we're usually the first time on here. We want to capture that because I actually don't really know. I kind of pieced bits and pieces together from the three of you with individual conversations, but I don't really know. So maybe Jacob, uh, from your side, how did you get into beer? Um, and then coming in, how did the brewery start? And then maybe Chris, after that, I'll get you to touch on sort of your stuff for people who haven't seen your episode. Um, so the, so I got into beer. I mean, I don't know. I was just picking up random beers. I think like everybody else, you get curious, you pick up and you have that one beer. I think for me, uh, Dominus Vobiscum Blanche from uh, Charlevoix was one mm. of the beers where I was like, Oh shit, this is really different. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, so so I was just I was basically doing that, uh, just picking up random beers at local beer shops, and um, then I met my my wife when we started dating. She was on the south shore of Montreal, so that made it for you know it was quick, easy day trips into Vermont and back to sort of um, find my. Um, Yeah, I'll find my palette and and a lot of the stuff I was following, whether it was Instagram, Facebook or YouTube, it was mostly American breweries. So um, I actually started watching a lot of uh, uh, beer reviews from this guy called Matt Dapkins. Uh, He has a channel called Massive Beer Reviews. Ah, Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, really, really cool guy. And and I mean, I just, you know, whatever. Like, I did the same thing with whiskey. When I got into whiskey, I started watching, like, the Ralphies and, the, anyway, other reviewers. That's a different set of, of, of geeking. Um, but started watching his reviews, and then I was trying to, like, build my own sort of palette and figuring out, like, okay, what, what does he mean by this? What does he mean by that? And then whenever we'd cross into the U.S., I'd go to, like, Beverage Warehouse or, or one of these stores in, hey. in, in Vermont. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, I would, you know, the guys would try to sell me some of the Vermont stuff, which was which was amazing. But I was always trying to get like some of these beers that I was curious about that I had seen on the reviews because then I wanted to rewatch the reviews and really pick out like exactly what it is he was saying. Mm. And then I think over time I'd sit in my basement and and watch those reviews for like hours at a time. They're like 10 minute reviews or whatever. And I'd watch them for like, you know, hours at a time and just trying to like, okay, how do I pick this up? What it, how the hell is he getting that note out of this? And then Mm. eventually you just build that muscle memory to where you're like, okay, I don't, need to watch anything anymore i can make up my own mind on on different things so that was like sort of happening and then i got interested in i can never stay on the sidelines if i get too into something uh and beer was becoming one of those things we were traveling more and more and you know visiting breweries and stuff um and then yeah so Locally, there's a really good bar. It's called L'Autre. They have a tremendous selection. And and one of my partners used to work there. So uh, I had seen on Instagram that he had brewed uh, beer for some for a friend's wedding and had designed labels and everything. So I reached out and I said, hey, listen, kind of like what I did with uh, with Noah. Noah put me in touch with the gals, the guys from uh, the gals, the guys from uh, from Wild Shack. Mm. Uh, and I ended up designing their logo. Um, Crazy. So it was more like I, I was just appro- I just approached Dimitri, our, our uh, my partner and our, our brewer, and said, "Hey, if you need, you know, uh, I was just my my backgrounds in graphic design, so I was trying to pair the, the two things and just like, you know, I'll do your labels for free, whatever." And he's like, "Actually," so he messaged me the next day, and he had talked to uh, two other people about opening up a brewery. 
and if I was interested, uh, designing their labels and, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I indicated, yeah, sure, I could do that. But if you guys are also looking for another partner, you know, I might be looking into to, to changing careers. I, I, I could be interested. And the three of us didn't know each other then. So we all knew, we knew Dimitri Brood and then through Lautrey, we all sort of got connected and we all met up and had the same idea and wanted to do the same thing, but didn't know each other. So it was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a fun experience because usually I would, I would think people get into stuff like that with people they already know or friends and, you know, people with a similar idea. Now we had the same goal, but didn't know each other. So we were like, okay, we need to get from here to there. And, and create a whole relationship out of it, like a like a solid, because this is a pretty pretty big business. I mean, you don't just open up a brewery at the snap of the fingers. So, so yeah, we 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 started working on the, the the business plan, and we got to know each other through through working on on the brewery, and then uh, yeah, so so business plan, and then it, it took three years. I'll I'll spare you all the details unless you have like specific questions that you want to know, but, uh, from the, the, the idea to execution to finally opening up, opening up the doors in, uh, in May, it was a period of a uh, little over three years. Okay. So yeah. that was, that was a pretty, uh, pretty chunky length of time, I guess, but then that's pretty, pretty normal for, uh, for breweries. So it's like finding the property, figuring out the recipes and what you're trying to brew. The name obviously is probably a huge thing. Like the identity, the what the vibe you're going for. I can imagine that being a large conversation that takes time. It's it's a lot of work because exactly you're looking at a bunch of different things at the same time. So uh, location was a big thing for us. We wanted to be on. Well, you've been right, so you've yeah. seen the location. It's. it's I mean, it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, so so we wanted to be on sort of that main street, but we had to find three thousand square feet. You, you have to find on an established you know, heritage style street, 3000 square feet that can accommodate a brewery. So it's no easy task and we weren't willing to compromise on that. And then you got to get out and find a financing and everything. So it's a, it's a, it's a big, big, big puzzle to, to put together. Uh, but once you do, and you know, three years, we didn't compromise on certain things, but we certainly wouldn't change a, change a thing on, you know, where we are and what we're doing right now. I love it. That's amazing. Okay, that, that puts uh, a bunch of the pieces together for me. So then, Chris, do you want to just give people a bit of like a, a TLDR of sort of who you are and that people can go check your episode to, to learn the full story and then how you got involved with uh, Sankiem because people who might oh. know, I've talked about you a bunch. Yeah. You've been on, like, we're already friends. You're a fellow beer media along with Noah and herself. Um, but yeah. you actually are working with Sankiem on, in, a, in a strong capacity, so it's a perfect yeah. fit to, to have you on. So do you want to maybe... Let people know what's yeah. up. Yeah, of course. So if you guys don't know about me, I'm Chris from Upsem Bros. We have a channel on YouTube, big friends with uh, Craig here at BOS, but also so. with Beerism. Uh, we're doing a little bit of collaborations. We're doing mostly uh, like we used to do beer reviews. We did a long series called Craft Beer 101, going all over styles on YouTube, trying to entertain people but also bring knowledge to people on youtube which worked very well and had a lot of fun with max which is uh brewing he's brewing right now in niagara um so we're some sort of like a break right now to kind of like bring our ideas together bring new videos up but um what get me back into beer because i used to work in beer when i started the channel like four years ago 
uh, then moved back to my, again, marketing roots, um, and then back to beer because I was getting bored because the beer industry is just so fun. But I knew Jacob and Dimitri from just hanging out at their special event because J Jacob didn't told you guys about it, but during the three years that they were working on the brewery, um, they had a Facebook group called uh, Sensitive Ballon, so the Saturdays of the Baron, uh, in which you were invited to go on that Saturday night, uh, whether to Dimitri's place or uh, other location around Elmer, uh, in some sort of, uh, yeah, in pre-COVID era, uh, backyard parties where you would sample the beers, have a little bit of a snack. Sometimes there was a DJ or a band. Uh, playing and you were able to sample the beers, try them out, and yeah, just uh, pay what you want for the beer. Also, that was quite cool. Um, but that's where I got in touch with Jacob, with what the project is about, where they're going with it, and all that. So I think it's in December. No, December, January, beginning of January. I'm like, okay, I'm done with my job right now, Jacob. I want to go back into beer. Do you guys have stuff to do for me or whatever? Would you be interested in having me in the team? And uh, yeah, we're what six, eight months in now, and uh, yeah, probably one of the best experiences in my life in beer so far. So amazing! Can, That's can, awesome. Can you complain more about? No, I can't complain about it. It's uh, it's a great team, and uh, it's also quite fun to be back in beer, and also in the position I have being a taproom manager, having a little team uh, around me, but also having the guys up there, having access to just see the whole process and be part of it uh, in some way like just black is beautiful it's a simple simple beer yet very important beer that we made at the brewery but also like i like i was with dimitri when we put the vanilla first and then when we did the other editions we tried it together making sure like is it enough vanilla or not enough like just those little things that not everyone gets a chance to try it but mm -hmm. as someone who's very into beer and having my channel and all that brings all this together and also make my knowledge into something that I can practice every single day, not just like doing this alone or in that group chat that we have. Right. Mm. I love that. So that's, uh, I think I feel like even one of you guys might've mentioned the parties that that's actually a pretty strong parallel with uh, two other breweries come to mind. Noah, we, we interviewed them the last two weeks so we had four origins last night and uh, third moon last week and both of them had a similar approach and i feel like a bunch of their success is attributed to that specific execution so that is genius how did those why did you i mean jacob i guess you could probably speak to that more but as far as like why did you decide <clears throat> to do those parties where you just you know sharing the beer i guess it was trying to get consumer Oh, feedback. Excuse me. Yeah, like R and D, like directly. Like, what was the deal? Because it's such. A yeah, it's like it's 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 R and D, but at the same time, it's it's sort of born out of necessity. It's either people drink the beer, or it's just way too much fucking beer to, to right. you know, like what are you gonna do with it? <laughs> so we were practicing so much on different recipes that. Um, you know, we'd end up with like four 20 liter kegs of, of four different beers on any given week. And we were like, oh, we're never going to get through this. So 
some of them were getting there and some of them not. So um, it, it we just started off inviting people over to taste beer. So it was like a, a group of like, I don't know, eight, mm. 10, 12 people would show up. And, and then, you know, someone brought a cake once and then someone brought cookies and we'd buy, you know, whatever. Um, cool. And then more and more people started showing up. So I think we we were doing these at, at uh, Dimitri's place at first, and and I think one of the last gems we had there was like uh, there was like about 40, 45 people, and we had the Mario Kart going, and it just it was a small wow. space, like a, well, not a small, not a tiny space, but it was a it, it was like it was pretty packed. Um, so then summer rolled around, and we decided to do it at Steven's parents' place. Steven's our our other partner. So they generously offered their uh, their backyard to host those uh, those events, and that's where it really took off. So we we uh, so we had that Facebook group going, which was about three hundred something people, and we were like, okay, we'll have roughly you know we had forty five last time, so we might get sixty, seventy, whatever. So like we gotta feed these people, you know, you can't just uh, just get them over a bunch of beers and then. Um, so anyway, it started with. Short story long, it started with a group of like 10 people getting together, going through some kegs, and then we started making, yeah, little feedback cards and everything. Like, they were little happy faces or neutral faces, or, you know, we just made it, like, not complicated for people. And then the last one we did, I believe we had a band, a DJ, uh, fire pits going on. We had it catered, and it was like 125 people. Jesus. So it really began to be... Uh, something fun and they were beautiful like lights hanging everywhere they were really like fun evenings uh, I think my, my dad ended up singing with with one of the musicians one night my dad like plays folk music so that was pretty cool and it, it just had like you know people brought their dogs they brought their kids they brought their friends they brought their families um, so so it gave us a good way to get feedback on our beers. It gave us a good base of people because when we opened, they were, I mean, we gave them a heads up and I think we opened up like uh, a day before for, for, that, for that group. Um, but it also gave us an idea of the vibe we wanted to have at the brewery and the type of people, the, the, the type of crowd we wanted. We wanted mm -hmm. to make it accessible for everybody the same way it was at those parties. So it kind of gave us a, a bit of a playbook for for the tap room and and so far so good we're getting the same type of crowd everybody's always there with a smile even if there's a line or anything everybody's always just super happy to be there um so so yeah we've been we've been lucky uh but we've been sort of yeah getting that that vibe out there unbeknownst to us it wasn't forced it was super organic um but yeah that's how it it sort of morphed into uh into tap room sales, I guess. Right. How much of that early success then um, would you attribute to doing these events? Like, did they did they change the game and move the needle significantly, or was it just like more the the R and D side? You know, I to say I don't know wouldn't be fair to the enthusiasm people showed for a project early on. So um, while I can't quantify. Uh, how it moved the needle for us right off, right out of the gate. Uh, I'm pretty sure it had a big part to play in it. Mm. So, but again, it, it was all in line with our our um, our business plan, and not even our business plan, just our values as entrepreneurs to 
to really focus on hyper local and and work. I mean, we hired. We didn't want to do food. Uh, we want to serve food, but we we didn't want to manage food. So there's a really good cafe with with mm. absolutely lovely owners right up the street, uh, and wonderful staff as well. And um, they were making paninis, and we were like, hey, if you know, if you guys are capable of of sort of like hooking up the brewery with paninis would gladly buy it for you. And they ended up creating a job just to sort of keep up with the demand at the brewery. Not a full-time job, mind you, but Still. a job nonetheless. So yeah. uh, so it was a good way for, I, I think, I don't want to mm. speak for them, but for them to add a bit of a, um, you know, another, another asset to their business. And for us, it was like supporting a local, you know, working with a local business. They also use bread from the local bakery. And anyway, it's this whole thing in Elmer where everybody works together. Um, so, uh, yeah, sorry. What was the question? No, <laughs> no you answered it. That's okay. There. It, it was about just like how much those parties attributed to the success. Because yeah. um, I think that's great. Another thing I, I know when we went uh, to see Chris that day, um, we got to try the local sausages from uh, the, the business is also based up there, I believe. Uh-huh. There's, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're not based not. up yeah. there. Are they, they're so, from Mont-Laurier in, uh, dans les, in uh, Laurentide. I don't know how you even oh, pronounce uh, Laurentide. Laurentides. They're from Mont-Laurier. Um, and this guy, super cool guy, he approached us um, – <laughs> Pretty randomly and just, you know, uh, actually he talked to Matt house, I think, or one of our brewers, yep. right? Yeah. They talked to him and showed up to the brewery and, and we tried his, uh, his dried sausage and it was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, super nice guy. And then you get to talking to him about the process behind how he creates his sausage and his process. And I, I, I won't get into it because I'll, I mean, I won't even get it right. But yeah. uh, we uh, thought cool. there was uh, what's that? The story is cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you. I heard you I saying it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, <laughs> so. So uh, anyway, so we 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 found that there were lots of similarities between how he does uh, his dried sausage and how lambic is is made. So minimal intervention, and you know, it's even got like that funky side which you tried. So yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's from Montlaurier, uh, really cool, really cool business owner, and you know, not. Everything we're doing is hyper-local. We also have a very high standard for what's quality. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's really some uh, some tremendous stuff. Yeah, man. I just thought that was super cool when it was uh, just add that extra, like, artisanal um, uh, sort of like, uh, what's the word? Like, it complemented your product. It complemented the beer. You know, I, I, I had it, obviously, with this uh, Des Moines Lager, and it was, it was fantastic. And... Um, it was just nice, and I know that even uh, yesterday the, I saw the the post from the launch, and you had other local people like selling their food and stuff, right? Um, so it's like a regular yeah. thing, even if it's not managed through the brewery. Like you were regularly having. I mean, I guess it's probably going to change a bit with the red alert and with winter on the horizon and stuff. But you guys are really heavily bringing in just other businesses to sort of complement what you offer at the brewery without you having to deal directly with it, which is smart business-wise and great for the, the, the clientele. Well, I think, um, you know, I think it's terrific you see it that way. Uh, it was actually, the idea came out of 
actually falling back into the red zone. So what happened is uh, not this week's release, but two weeks before, we had already planned a uh, pop-up kitchen with Clandestin, which is a, a local restaurant that does phenomenal food. Um, so, so the pop-up kitchen was planned, and then we were put in a red zone, I think, a week before the pop-up. So it was like, okay, we'll just adapt it and make it a pop-up to go. And then we started, you know, I started thinking and it was like, oh, we'll have usually, and, and I hate saying this because you never want to sound pretentious or especially at times like these, but, um, you know, we were expecting a bit of a turnout. So we were like, well, since we're going to have people here and people are very reluctant to go out and shop at different places and, you know, you're, you're trying to limit their movements. We thought, well, why not invite other local businesses on the premises so that it makes it, one, uh, a fun line to be in, <clears throat> and two, uh, just make them, just help them out by giving them a platform. It's like, hey, there's going to be 150 people here or whatever, how many people are there, but they're going to be here. And if you guys just show up with a tent, we can uh, we can minimize movements, and then it's a great way to tell consumers to say, hey, in one outing, while you're just out buying beer, the coffee people are going to be there, the restaurant people are going to be there, the, you know. So you can just, while you're waiting in line for beer, you can do all of these different things and support. I, I mean, the release this week, I think we had four local businesses in on it. Um, just yeah. selling food, selling uh, merch, and selling, uh, what was the other one? Chocolate, local uh, local uh, chocolatier. So it was just, that idea came out of uh, like, hey, Let's all make it through this pandemic together, and and if we're gonna have so so the next one, it's gonna be other local businesses that we'll invite over to sort of take advantage of a cluster of people all together. And people have responded tremendously. Everybody wants nobody wants to lose their local businesses. You yeah. never know when those entrepreneurs are gonna come back. And um, you know we see strength in numbers in in our community. So so uh, that was the the intent behind that. So we'll definitely keep doing it once we're post pandemic um but not to a point where we're we're hurting uh our, our panini friends up the street right? right so uh so we'll keep we'll keep doing fun stuff it's probably not going to be at every release like we're doing now um right now I, I, we think it's more just you know uh shoulder to shoulder and and let's uh let's help each other get through this that's really cool man i love it speaking of the community one thing that um it really is important that you guys did was participate in the Black is Beautiful that uh, Chris was mentioning earlier. Um, obviously, it's really important to us. You know, we are a diverse team here at BOS. Um, also, we just believe in equality for human beings, and I know you guys do too. The sad part about all of this is that you guys were only the third brewery in Quebec to sign up for this initiative. Um, we had Marcus from Weather Souls on, and he explained that it's a. I think people don't understand what the initiative is year round. Like you could do this beer every month if if you wanted to. Yep. If it's not a imperial stout that takes ages or whatever so can you guys maybe speak to why you decided to participate being that you know there's only a few of you who've actually done this i haven't spoken to anyone in uh in quebec who's participating in it so i'd love to hear what inspired you guys to actually get involved in this in, in a place where it hasn't really picked up steam so i um i'm in charge of all the marketing and and the branding stuff with with the brewery and 
I was a bit reluctant at first to, to, to not to get involved because we're, I mean, we, we definitely have uh, um, uh, social conscious at, at the brewery and it's something we do believe in. We just didn't want, it was something that was sort of in the works uh, that we were planning on doing early 2021. Um, and we just were very mindful, like everything we do, whether it's beer names, beer styles, um, we we didn't want it to look like opportunistic marketing. Marketing that was my that was my fear with that because I saw. I mean, here's here here was a reasoning behind that. It was like okay, I'm seeing all these these black is beautiful posts and and I'm seeing this content. This all of a sudden you know black is beautiful content from breweries from which I've never seen any sort of inclusiveness. Now that's not mm. to say that it doesn't happen, um, but it's like all of a sudden you, you start seeing it, you know? So um, we didn't want to be perceived as jumping on the bandwagon, doing that beer and then never doing anything again. Mm. So for us, that's something that like, okay, we were gearing up for 2021 to really get into inclusivity in beer. Now it was like okay, so we're gonna we're gonna do that, uh, and then there there might be a gap between now and 2021, and we just didn't want to be perceived as uh, and and you know all of that was more me struggling and and calculating things in my mind when the whole time the the real goal is to like yeah the goal is that everybody sees those black is beautiful beers on their Instagram feed mm. so. In my own way, I was making it about myself when it really shouldn't even, you know, shouldn't even be about me. So, um, uh, so, so Chris jumped in and he was like, man, we should really be doing this, especially like Chris was familiar with our values. Um, and he was like, there's no way we, Chris didn't understand why we were so in line with everything that movement represented or represents and how we were not leaders of the movement instead of waiting to do our own thing. It's like, well, what does it matter if someone else came up with, with something for the camp campaign, you know, before we ever did anything? And it was like, yeah, fucking right. Let's, yeah, okay. So we decided to do it and then we released a playlist along with it. Um, this was dope. Our, uh, yeah, it was, was really, really, cool, really good. Um, so our... our, our um, one of our DJs, we have two DJs uh, or three DJs that, that rotate usually or that will rotate when we get back into usual times. Um, Greg is of uh, Haitian descent and it's a, it's an issue that's near and dear to him. Uh, my wife is Haitian. It's a, it's an issue that's near and dear to me. Um, and, and just the people that work at the brewery have uh, tremendous values in general. I mean, that was one of our questions in the hiring process. It's always, you know, it's a big thing for us. Um, so we released a playlist. Greg came out with the playlist. Uh, and I mean, that guy's amazing. Uh, you guys are going to be hopefully able to see him DJ at, at the brewery, but uh, just uh, tremendous talent in, in terms of like, he's a, he's what I would say. He's like the perfect guy. You could look at him and say he's a selector, you know, okay. like he'll, he'll pull out the right record at the right time because the crowd is feeling a certain. So, <clears throat> so he put all of that together and I was just like listening to it and I was like, wow, man, fuck, it's unbelievable. And I, I mean, it's what a, a 20, 30 song playlist. Yeah, and there could 30, have been yeah. Yeah, there could have been hundreds of songs on that playlist, and that's 
that's the sad part, right? Mm. Um, so we did that, and then uh, we're working with a local organization, um, trying to figure out. So we we decided really fast that we were going to do it, and then there's planning that goes behind behind you know ordering ingredients and the cans and everything. But we agreed with. So we raised, I think it's it's close to fifteen hundred dollars with that effort, which there will be more of. Uh, and there's an account for for that. We touched base yesterday with the with the ladies, and um, so it's something that we're going to set aside, and we'll figure out as a group along with them. They're called Say It Louder, and Louder is loud, H E R, so loud her. Nice. Um, uh, so we're going to decide together what to do with the funds. We talked about a scholarship for visible minorities at Niagara mm -hmm. School of uh, Brewing. Sick. We talked about different things. So. Uh, so whatever it ends up being, it's going to be part of an ongoing uh, effort for uh, inclusivity and um, yeah. That's fucking great, man. It makes Amazing. me really, really happy. I want to, Chris, I know you, uh, the reason I knew about this, uh, you want to just maybe give your side as well to that because Jacob gave the context and being that you were the one who kind of drove it. And I know you and I had multiple conversations about it sort of separately as well. Do you want to maybe yep. just share your thoughts on sort of you know what why it was important and how it came about for you? I I think it was important to the point it happened right. We were all I was shocked when all this happened. Like in June, I was just out of like everything. Like I'm busy. Obviously, I'm busy life in general. But when this happened, I was like, I can't do shit online anymore. Like it's I'm fed up first of all the bullshit happening and all that. And then Black is Beautiful came in and was like, this looks cool. But again, I was so much in that mush of information coming in, coming out and not being able to kind of like not do something because obviously I was like, I do something <clears throat> on a regular basis trying to be more inclusive with everyone and drive the conversation because I think that's what it's lacking at the moment is a conversation around that. Like uh, there's no point on accepting stuff it's always like pointing out the things that are wrong and bringing those conversations to people that are wrong at the moment too but um so I, I i bring that up to jacob at the brewery and all that and obviously we had a conversation about that 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 thing of jumping in the hype train and just use it as like a, only a marketing um aspect but obviously it's a lot more than that and that's one thing that led to a conversation between me and Jacob and being like, what can we do more than just this? Because obviously, like other breweries did it and what they did, yes, they did the, they did the beer, they post the beer, they sold the beer and now we don't hear about it. Um, I'm not here to point fingers at anyone, obviously, because it's, it's a big subject for breweries to jump in again, but also it shouldn't be something that you should uh, retract yourself from it. You should jump from it and you should acquire it and you should feature yourself doing it and obviously to one point become a leader in it. And that's what I think not sold the idea, but got everyone involved into the project at the brewery is being leaders in the industry instead of just being followers, right? So yes, Black is Beautiful, fantastic beer to do it and funding, getting the organization behind it to work with us and get all that rolling. But it got the name on the board at the brewery. So Black is Beautiful is on the board, forces you to get a conversation with the customer at the same time, 
told them about the brewery, but also told them what it is about Black is Beautiful that makes it beautiful, right? Well, and actually, the, if yeah. I can if I can jump in, we had Angela from Say It Louder at the release working uh, the cash register with me for a while, and whenever you know a customer would come in. Uh, you know, they always want to say hi and, you know, what's, what's releasing this week. And Angela would introduce herself, who she's with and, and, you know, do people understand what this beer represents? And so it was a really Great. cool way to like, a lot of people were aware, which was a really good thing. Uh, but then it's like, Hey, you have someone right there, uh, telling you what it's all about and why we're doing this. And, and it was a really, it was a really cool experience. Um, and it's a, an experience I wish more people would get to partake in on a regular basis. I mean, I, I, I you know, my, my wife being black, I'm, you know, we go to breweries and, and, and we both experience it different ways. Um, but we do have those conversations amongst each other, among each other. Um, and you know, she feels a certain way, but it, and it's not that microbreweries are not inclusive or that they, or that they're not necessarily inclusive. It's just that sort of weird, you know, we sort of jumped on this as white bearded men. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know, it could totally seem intimidating for different people when you're like, shit, if I don't, you know, wear my lumberjack shirt, don't have a beard, I'm <laughs> uh, probably not going to fit in. And, you know, with any geeky shit, uh, it can be intimidating if yeah. you don't really know what you're talking about. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're definitely going to do all it is that we can in terms of, you know, making it a, um, a place where everybody feel com feels comfortable. Uh, and, and that's, that's one of the big things that does mean a lot to us. So we'll definitely be pushing, uh, more, more, uh, towards that. And there, there, there are some things in the work that we're going to be coming out with. So keep an eye for the, keep an eye out for that. Hell yeah. I'm dry here, fellas. Yeah. Head. I was about to say, do you guys want to do the mixed egg green? Yeah. Do you, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to have to grab a phone yeah, yeah. if you give me yeah. a couple of I, I have to get out of the closet real quick. All right, you guys go do that. <laughs> me and Noah can talk about it. I'm going to take a piss, but you can grab it anyway. Yeah. All right. No, you guys, you want me you guys to grab, grab it. No, I grab it. You guys, both of you guys go grab it. Me and Noah hold the floor. We got it. Yeah, no, you sure? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, man, we sure. We'll take a piss once you buy it. We know how to talk yeah. to each other. Yeah, you know, it's okay. Yeah, just, but it's, we just... It, we just jazz about lactose. Yeah, you know, so uh, so lactose no, is... Uh, no, oh, you're, you, listen you're to not last doing night, that. Chris, because I went on a lactose defense. It was bad. When was this, last night? Yeah. Yeah, you With did. Mike. Do you know why? You were just kind of giving Mike shit, though. Yes. You got attacked for lactose and you defend yourself? Or you defend yourself no. against lactose? Oh, he, I was defending lactose. Oh, wow. wow. Why? Because Mike... Why would you Mike uh, from Full Origins. Go get, go get your beer. Go get your beer. We'll, oh, we'll God damn it. Or we can talk about it offline. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, people should go check last episode because, uh, you know, Mike doesn't like lactose from Full Origins yet. We were drinking one of his lactose beers. And it was actually very <laughs> funny how much you were, like, goading him, just giving him shit. It was fucking great. I really enjoyed it. Just because it was like he was like, he's like, yeah, yeah whatever. He was getting annoyed. I like it because you can tell when people really hate something like lactose and then there's something that he did that actually used it. You could tell he was, uh, he was a little annoyed about it. I can pour it. I was just waiting to pull. I don't know. I, was, I don't uh, know the rules of the AOS. Ah, ain't no rules, bro. I just do what I want, he, man. Yeah. You know what? You are just, you are a, a renegade. Rebel. 
Rebel Arena. Have you had this one before? This is your first time with Green Day. Oh, this is my first time. Pop in the green chair. This cherry. is their first time doing this one. Oh, that's probably why then. Okay. So this one is a 6.5% New England IPA. It smells amazing. Yeah. I'm What's curious. the uh, like? Wait for uh, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. tell the hub. Maybe we could just sit here and Galaxy. Enigma Galaxy. Okay, I'm gonna write that oh, down. It's that Galaxy, man. Oh. Straya. Straight, straight, straight up, straight up. I hate Galaxy in general. It's really? not my favorite. Yeah, I, wow. I think it's too. It's wow. it's uh, too pungent. Wow. I like that. I love yeah, that. it's not. It's not. It's not a um, uh, a list top. It's something you put in the background to build on it, right? It does take over. Something we put forward. Yeah, it takes over way too much. Um, it's dusty. It's dusty. I'm just gonna take but a piss. This, Keep talking about it. Yeah, it's a nice balance. I'll jump over back. But so, yeah, Enigma Galaxy. Is that? Yeah, Enigma Galaxy in this one. And it's it's phenomenal, right? It's kind of like Ooh, a yeah. blend. I like me some mixtape green. <laughs> Uh, best so, one so far, I think. There's yeah, there's some of our beers where I'm just like, yeah, this is good. Like I, I actually, funny story, I had to go out to Rapido, which is a local store, and buy a mixtape green today because we were out at the brewery because <laughs> kids stuff took it all. <laughs> yeah, I saw yeah, that. I saw super, that, yeah. super embarrassing. I wake up. I wake up. I walk up to the counter and I, uh, I, I know the 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 owner there, and I'm like, uh, yeah. This is uh, this is embarrassing. She's like, "What?" So good times, good times. How has the pandemic affected you guys, the vloggers and bloggers, and you know? I would have. I mean, me and Craig talked about this once before, but I assumed right out the bat that like, um, I don't know. Like we get sent stuff right sometimes, and um obviously we, we buy a lot of beer too and whatever, but I, we kind of both assume that once the pandemic hit, like we would start receiving less and there would be less um, promotion in general. But like, obviously I think at the beginning, everyone was confused about what was going on, but we, I, I didn't see the big picture in that. Like, this is the time that they want to promote the most. So like, I remember within the first few weeks, well, like, you know, when things kind of settled a bit, so like a few weeks into the pandemic, like I was just receiving boxes and boxes of beer, like constantly, like new breweries just contacting me, like, "Hey, we want we, we're doing this. We want to try and, and and send you something." And but also a lot of breweries, like a lot of brew pubs, switching to cans pretty mm. quick because otherwise they're screwed. Yeah. Um, so that kind of promotion and um, everyone being at home. And people just consuming a lot of booze more than ever before, I think. For those <laughs> yeah. who obviously didn't lose their jobs and could afford it, were bought, probably buying a lot more booze than they did before. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, the blog, uh, social media stuff, uh, probably more interactions since COVID than before. For okay. sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's actually and, crazy. And, the the B-mail really these, surprised me. Like, I feel like for you, Craig, th this new format's kind of a blessing in disguise. Like, it doesn't make up for being in person, but it means that, like, you, you know, on a Friday and Saturday night, you can you can host all these different brewers oh. and owners and, and media. The Iceman pour. Sorry, yeah, that was, that was yeah. Tiff. She did. The Iceman pour. <laughs> she was getting the uh, photo. I, I can't see it. Oh, I put it back down. She was getting uh, the uh, 
we started, we used to do the photos afterwards. And then the other night for third moon, Tiff just started taking pictures of as I was pouring it and they came out so much better. So our new thing is she just gets the other camera while I'm pouring and stuff. So I already oh. poured it, not thinking. So then when I went to take a piss, she just took a nice photo against the, the thing. You know what I'm saying? Content nah. over content. Um, yeah. You're I'm sleeping my favorite on that. Day, the, for sure. Yeah, man. This is fucking fantastic. But you, you are right. This, like, the way that it worked with us before was that we, we were just doing random podcasts. Like, we got up to episode 159, the last one with, with Nate, from who's our lead blogger and a good friend of all of ours. And he, that was it. And then I was like, we did, we were like, all right, Tiff was like, yeah, we always, she always wanted to make it like a, a not like NPR, but like more of a, a, a more thought out season where like in the first season we did was called Against the Grain and we were interviewing all the breweries in Quebec that were making haze when it wasn't popular. So we had six breweries that we chose without going to, excuse me, too far from Montreal. We probably would need to rent a car for. So we got four of them done and we had Bar Canada and Boreal uh, booked in the week of when lockdown started of like that, yeah. that March week. So we were like, fuck. They both canceled because really we couldn't do it. We're like, okay. And we start, We did a, a, another series. So that was season seven. Season eight, we started filming at the same time, which was building the brewery. We were following Overhop as they were building the brewery. So we filmed episode one and then COVID happened and we couldn't go back to film anymore. So I'm like, fuck. So we kind of kept that as that. Then we made this season nine because we thought we might go back. But at first we didn't know what to do. We're like, all right, we have to keep this train running. And I think it was just Tiff and I were doing it and just from home. And then I was like, oh, then I got this software. One, Stefan, who I'm not sure if he's still here, but he used to live on our floor in our building. And he has like 160,000 subscribers on YouTube. And he was using the software uh, to go live. So he told me about it. And then I realized that this software has a Skype edition that lets you bring people in. So then I think I had Noah, Chris, and Nate on separate weeks to just get their friends on, Matt from Vox and Hops. And then I was always talking to people. Like, I was just talking to you, Jake, when you sent me the thing. I think I was just like, yo, let's just, let's just do it. Like, this isn't optimal, like Noah was saying. I would much rather sit there with you guys in the brewery. But obviously, that might not happen for a while. And this has allowed me to travel virtually and have the Skype thing. I don't yeah. like the impersonality of it. I want to look you in the eye and sit next to you and see the place and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the closest thing I can get to it is that we all have the same beer and that's really brought it together. It wasn't, I wasn't really doing that to begin with. And then we started doing that recently and it was just worked so much smoother. So no, you're yeah. right. Man. It's been really cool because now we've been able to, this is 30 episodes in. So it doesn't sound like much when we had 160 of the other one, plus the other season that we got out, blah, blah, blah. But um, it's cool. It's really nice. Cause we've gone, we've had, you know, like Texas and California, Australia, like, all over the place, we've been able, you know, across different, you know, regions in, in obviously Ontario and Quebec primarily, but it's been really nice. It's definitely been a nice little like bonus to be able to do this. And, you know, usually, and I'm not like, I'm not over planning it. It was like you and I were talking, Jake, and I was just like, yo, Matt, let's do this. And you're like, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Cool. You know, it was super organic. I haven't been like, hi, my name's Craig. Would you like to be out? Like, I haven't been doing that shit. So, which is fine too, but I haven't needed to. Cause- sorry, sorry, but that's how you got in touch with me first time when we did this. <laughs> That's that's true. That's true. Well, that's how you got in touch with me the first time. So there. <laughs> oh, look at that. There's nothing wrong with proactive reaching out. Um, I don't, do you guys already talk about this beer and let everybody know what's up with the beer? Oh, we, did we cover oh, that? Or, so I think we just said the hop uh, profile, but we didn't talk about mixtape as it like as a whole. Yeah, talk series. about the series, It'd be guys. Cool to hear about that. I love this series. So, this is like four beers deep, I think, in this now, right? 
Yeah, we're four beers deep in this one. So this is our, I mean, a lot of breweries have them. Uh, this is our series to sort of like fuck around and have fun with different hop profiles and uh great yeah just uh just mix them up so um i uh you know i grew up with hip-hop i grew up with rap music so mixtapes were like a big thing uh when i was young uh so there's just there's a little bit of that reference sometimes in in some of our beers and i i try to i try to use it in the more contempt uh contemporary styles as opposed to the more traditional styles like you wouldn't you're not likely to see a uh uh you know like a hellas lager that's called a lyricist lounge or something <laughs> like that it's probably great reference Great yeah, reference. so we've got uh, so we've got the the, the mixtape series is just you know combinations of different hops. So we changed the the, the color of the can, and yeah. then uh, there's a little number right there on uh, on the mixtape image we got. So we just changed the number on the can, and uh, that's it. So it's just super basic. I mean, everyone's doing them right now. Six point five percent New England IPA. Yeah. Um, this is our. Uh, what's going on, Chris? I, I'm I'm getting my mic placed properly. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, right. Jesus Christ, Chris! Come on. Uh, you think uh, you're not sorry. a YouTuber? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. So everybody's sorry. making them now. Everybody's familiar with the uh, the 6.5 percent New England IPA. So it's our our take on it. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's brewed the way we like it. We like medium to lighter mouthfeels. We don't like anything that's overly thick. It's got a nice, I mean, it's got a nice enough mouthfeel for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's 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 easy drinking. It's not heavy, uh, nice hot balance. And uh, so, yeah, we're four, four deep in this series for now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're adding a fifth one by the end of the year and then we'll probably uh, rotate through five or six of them. I love that. Um, I want to actually speak on that because this is something that I noticed in, uh, Burlington beer company for the first time in uh, Vermont. And I've seen a couple breweries do it, but not, en not enough, uh, really do it. You guys started it from the beginning and that is the rotation that you are referring to. So something that I really appreciate is you guys do a real nice mix of uh, new, brand new, like never seen before beers and then bringing back other recipes. So I think that hits the novelty factor, excuse me, from, uh, you know, people like, oh, what's new, what you guys have got? But then it also allows you to refine recipes. This Des Moines is only going to get better with every batch. The mixtape, yeah. I know you brought back the red, uh, I believe, maybe even the blue a couple of times. So if I'm not mistaken, but you continually doing that now, the second variation of hippie rock, which is one of my faves. Um, Celeste is a regular, you can, you know, so where did that, um, uh, where did that sort of idea come from to not have to sort of put pressure on yourselves to sort of like, all right, fuck man, every two weeks we have to bust out a, you know, four new beers or, you know, yeah. and you decided to bring these ones back. Like, how did that come about? One of the conversations we struggled with the most internally in, in the three years while, you know, we were planning on opening was, do we just go with a bunch of different beers and, you know, whatever happens, happens? Or do we go even more vintage style, you know, with the old school, old school beers we were doing and stuff? Do we go even more vintage and do we do a flagship beer? Uh, so then we were like, okay, well, you know, if we're considering that, then what, what's going to be our flagship beer? Is it something like, uh, like, like Celeste, 
which, you know, I'm super happy that I can go to Vermont and get uh, Edward Pillil pretty much anywhere. Everywhere, you know, yeah. that's always, yeah, it's always like a fun beer. You're going for lunch. You don't want to, you don't want to get smashed or anything. So you've got that, you know, 5% pale ale that's, that's kicking around. So it always seems like that nice option. So we're like Celeste, but then Dim One's like kind of our baby. Uh, do we go with that one? And, and then there's, you know, how about we just let people decide what our flagship or we just don't do a flagship. We yeah. just so um, right now we're doing, I think, about every release. There's two, mostly four beers being released every uh, every couple of weeks. So I think right now we're kind of doing three new beers, one that's returning. Mm. Uh, we'd like into the new year to get it down to two and two. Um, and as we move through the calendar year and we get back into, into spring and summer, we'll sort of find that groove where you'll see the Goza series return and then you'll see the Porter return in the fall and the, the, the Vienna Lager and the Schwarzbier return for, for, for winter. So, so I think you need to, to see a brewery go through a full, a full calendar year before uh, seeing how they're going to perform past those first 12 months because mm-hmm. seasons seasonability has a lot to do with it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, yeah, so for now it's a, it's a bunch of different things, but I think we'll, we'll probably dwindle down the portfolio to uh, – I mean, it's a lot of beers. We're, I think we're up to close to 30 now for uh, five months in. So it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of beers. That's and crazy. And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure on the team because every one of those beers pretty much have to go through at least one pilot batch on our pilot system. Wow. Uh, so we don't put out beers unless unless we think, uh, we think it's going to perform and do well and be appreciated. Um, so yeah, so after a okay. full calendar year, I think we'll have a better, clearer picture of what the, the portfolio is going to look like. Okay. Are we going to see some, uh, big, big, big beers this winter when things get really cold in February and March? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have to see. Yeah. I, I know I some think, stuff, but I don't say anything. I think we, uh, yeah, I, I, I signed think, an NDA on that. So sorry. Yeah. I think yeah. we posted a teaser. We, we've got barrels back there now. I'll just leave oh, okay. it at that. We've got barrels back there. Okay. So, uh, okay. Yeah. I could see. I could see you creating a beer called hashtag bil. <laughs> well, well, I won't say anything, but uh, yeah, it could be funny. <laughs> I love that. So then the one thing I think has been really cool at first, you guys had, uh, I feel like there was a, like here in Montreal, at least I know the people I speak to who engage with BOS and stuff were excited to try your stuff at first. They were frustrated. They couldn't get it. Uh, now though, and I saw Chris like two days ago uh, here in Montreal, it's dropping off 90, 90 something cases uh, for distro here, which is fantastic. And I, um, I was going to say one, like, I guess distro probably was your only option for, for kind of trying to continue. I, was, I guess, why did you go to distro? Um, obviously Montreal makes sense. It's the big city, but how did you also choose the, um, the beers that you decided to, and are they in the conversation for the flagship? So I know once again, it's quite early, but the ones that you're yeah. dropping off probably are suggested that they're the ones that people are enjoying and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty good question. So our, um, yeah, I'm trying to like figure out how to answer. There's so many components to it, but, yeah. um, 
so so we started off that it was can sales only to go. So uh, it's been uh, it's been a weird year. <laughs> uh, so we started off with cans to go, and that was a uh, luckily for us it was a massive success. And then things reopened, uh, and we were able to do kegs, and we were able to sell kegs to different restaurants, and and cans were flying out the door. So. Uh, over a couple uh, period of a couple of weeks, you know, every beers that we'd be releasing on any given, you know, two week period would sell out by the time we'd release our, our new beers. Right. Um, with COVID sort of the second wave coming back, um, you know, since then, within the first three months, I think we'd purchased a second 20 barrel fermenter because we were we we. we I mean, we constantly ran out of beer and it's a good problem to have, but you still want to, you know, have, if anything to us, it meant that we, we sort of undershot on our business plan kind of thing, but whatever. Um, so, so the second wave hits and then we're stuck with all these kegs that now are not being ordered anymore. And then we're ordering more cans. And, uh, so Montreal was a logical choice because it's a quick drive for us. It's a couple of hours away. Uh, and we can deliver roughly 90, 80 to 90 cases whenever we, we drive in there. Uh, in terms of picking the stores, uh, we tried, I tried to look at like geographically what made sense. Uh, there were a couple of ones that, uh, I mean, one guy I, I, I traded beers with, so that's how I knew him. Right. Uh, one of the guys from Vitsun <laughs> Bia. Um, which is a beautiful shop. They have beautiful shops. Uh, yeah. He works at the, uh, I forget which one Gab works at. Uh, I think it's Liège, uh, right? As something? Liège, a small one. Anyway, beautiful shop. The one in the Villeray, right? <clears throat> I think it's the one in Villeray. Yeah. There you go. Um, and uh, Espace Houblon is another, another good partner. Um, I mean, they have five <laughs> stores. We met the guys at the first drop we did. Uh, one of the owners was there. And then I think a couple of days after our first delivery, they actually drove down to the brewery to check it out and uh, have a couple of beers and uh, just some really cool people. Um, the other shops, I mean, there are shops I knew from when sometimes we'd be on the south shore of Montreal. Uh, we get contacted by a lot of different stores. Uh, I know Chris, there's a, there's a few shops that Chris really likes. Uh, that we're gonna we're gonna try to get some beers into, and then in terms of what beers are being distributed, so I, I, I mentioned we have two 20 barrel fermenters. So one of them is is mostly for or pretty much for for our loggers, and then the second 20 barrel fermenter is what we figure we'll have a surplus of in terms of our local market, and then that we could send to Montreal or different markets along with one of our loggers. Mm. Um, so this time, this drop we did Celeste, the first one it was mixtape red uh, along with, what lager do we, uh, Petstrans, it was mixtape red and yep. Petstrans, this time it was Celeste and the one, and then probably the next one is going to be Broken Q and uh, the Vienna lager. Nice. Um, so yeah, so that's how they get picked. Not necessarily, there's no rhyme or reason. I think a lot of people like hazy IPAs. So we try to send one of those along with a lager or pale ale. So we try to make it make it a um, a nice cohesive duo that we do send to Montreal and not just like two cans of the same thing and one 6.5 and the other one's eight kind of thing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. 
Um, that's that's great though, because it's it's really good to you know, I guess uh, take advantage of the time when people are, you know, looking for something new, and you know, you guys are uh, definitely generating some some serious interest online. If it's not for the gorgeous branding and stuff, and just the way you guys present your social and the way you present the logo, uh, the um, artwork without the lo- um, like you have this domain but without the name, it's just so sick. I love that, by the way. Yeah. It's such a it's a really good approach. So cool, man. Like, I mean, like something like you know, Tiff and I have a, mar- a social media agency, so marketing and, and uh, attractive with the eye for design is something that's important. We just appreciate it in the beer world, as we've spoken about at length on this podcast, is something that's not super common. So to see you guys that you know have uh, you know uh, take it really seriously, not only just the design but the social uh, rollout of all of that is like hell yeah, man. That, that got me from the beginning as well. So I think it's really cool. It's 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 something that like now is like seeing sort of whenever I post I'm really you know like Noah uh, so you know said earlier I am clearly on the dick so I post <laughs> very regularly about what you're doing obviously I was biased, thank you, you really know. appreciate it <laughs> it's, it's a it's a wonderful dick <laughs> um, I appreciate it you're, you're on the dickness it's a, th- it's a great ride <laughs> it, it truly I'll, is I'll get you a t-shirt. <laughs> An on the dick T-shirt. Thank you, Baron. I'm on the dick. I think it could work. I think it could work. I know it's ridiculous. Thank you, Baron. His graphic design brain is like (laughs) spinning. All right. I feel like there's something in this right here, but it's cool. Like, because I I felt like I was uh, like arguably I was telling Chris as well. Like, obviously, I'm biased. If my friend is working at a brewery, like I want to love it. (laughs) Tiff is like episode name. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, we could. I don't know how you guys feel about that. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll try, uh, you do you, man. We'll we'll just we won't share it. No, we, I no, no. We, we, I, I could never. I'll, I'll still listen to it. I want people to actually listen to it. I, I don't want it to ruin it. Um, oh no, but like obviously, I, I was really looking forward to you know whatever. My, go. No, sorry, I said it's funny though. Just it, yeah. is, it is ridiculous. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. That's probably even a little more ridiculous than what I'd be willing to go. So, yeah, Craig is ridiculous. I'm pretty, I'm pretty stupid, but like that, that is a little too far. <laughs> yeah, and I was looking forward. Like I, I came into this when Chris was telling us and about everything, and because uh, yourself and Noah already had a relationship and stuff like that for for years and stuff. So obviously, if my friends are already liking this and they're telling me it's going to be fire, I'm like, fuck yeah. So it was even more like I was just so impressed because there was like. There was no expectation, and which I think kind of ties back to our earlier conversation, was that there's there's no expectation as in like, this is the Hayes guys, man, they're going to have the most fight, you know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. this is a great new brewery. And I know Chris's palate, I know what he does and doesn't like. So I know the way he was speaking about it, it was like, you know, the Hayes, I'm, I'm telling you, the shit is fire, and because like, he knows that's what, you know. Well, so I just it's just like a nice, uh, it's just such a great, I can't say enough, I could just ramble on about this forever. But it's very, it's just so fucking cool. Um, the, what else do we want to touch on? So the flagship, that was, cause I completely went off track as well because I know we were there talking was about that, the, there the was flagship. The branding. The branding, there was the dick. <laughs> there was the dick. <laughs> the dick threw me off. It was all Noah's fault. Yeah. Um, it's, always, it's always throwing you off. I don't know why. The dick is just always there. It's out of control. Um Fuck, man. I can't, I'm so distracted. I can't even focus. Noah, do you, as, help me out, Noah. I'm distracted. Uh, it's, as, it's on uh, Noah. as a graphic designer, I imagine 
being able to create new labels all the time must be a lot of fun. Or do you find that's like a lot of pressure for you to have to do that? Ooh, um, I, you know what? I think for 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 IPAs and stuff or, or stouts, I think for ales in general, um, yeah, I, I pretty much just go with whatever I think works. Sometimes I just want to set a mood. So it's just a matter of... Uh, Actually, this is pretty funny. I'll get into like different different things, but uh, with the loggers, I find that I, I try to really be careful with the names um, and really not. Um, we're not trying to modernize the style or make it sound appealing, if that makes sense, or make it sound hip. We're right. just trying to make it what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, with IPAs, I mean, there is no history to speak of, right? So it's pretty much like you can do whatever. I mean, Heady Topper, there, you yeah. know, their names are all over the place. So, oh, yeah. so we have fun with with that one. So I think the beer names are more challenging than the the label design themselves. Right. Hmm. Now, sometimes I will send a. Uh, so we did a beer called a double IPA called Duo Tang. Yeah. And uh, my my whole thing was like, you know, Tang being like an old school, like orange drink. Um, yeah. So so the label was like a, was like an orange falling into like essentially juice. Right. And it was like an orange can. So I send the I send the artwork to the guys and they're like, oh, yeah, we love it. All right. Let's go with it. Now, our brewer, Dimitri, our partner, my partner, Dimitri, thought that I wanted the beer to taste exactly like orange juice. <laughs> so we got these these like HP 104 experimental uh, experimental hops and like a <laughs> like a super weird combo of hops oh. to like he's he's like no this is what's going to make it exactly taste like orange juice. And it was like man I was just really trying to like set a mood like <laughs> really I taste. know so I, I was would... like let me throw let me throw like a real hard one at him with the ne- next one and do like a caramel <laughs> in the background I was with Dimitri when he when he saw the label and he's like yeah. Chris did you see it like, yeah there's an orange on it I'm like yeah it needs to taste like orange I'm like yeah kind of a little bit he's like I'm fucked. That's not my recipe. I need to do something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he changed the whole recipe because of uh, because <laughs> of the of label. label. So <laughs> didn't that beer come out amazing? On our communication. <laughs> that beer came out amazing. I didn't actually get to try that one, but I heard uh, my friend Nathan said it was his favorite one in a while. So it came that out was pretty good. good. It was yeah. really good that one. That was that was a cool beer for us. Uh, a lot of people, and I've actually had people comment on it and and, and talk to approach me and talk to me about that beer, and they said like, "Well, why did you call it a New England IPA? It's like it's orange. It's not really necessarily hazy." And uh, they were like, "You should have called it just like a double IPA." And I was like, "Well, you know, those first New England IPAs were exactly like that beer to me tasted like double Lawson's uh, double sunshine. That's what it reminded me of the most. Uh, mm. It was just like pinier and there was a deeper malt profile. And uh, I just thought that beer came out phenomenal. And it, it reminded me of crossing over to Vermont to buy my hops and sort of come back and enjoy them in Montreal. So that was a, that was a nice little nostalgic trip. I like that. Um, yeah. That was the other thing. Like, where where did the inspiration come from for this like clean ass design? Like, you know, with the 
just you, you, everything's really clean. You're really letting this background image do a lot of the talking. Yeah, it's uh, well, my so okay, my background is in graphic design. So prior to the brewery, I had a graphic design business for 15 years. Right. Um, I did uh, marketing campaigns for the local uh, gas energy company. I did some marketing campaigns for the Ottawa Senators. I did some for the city of Gatineau. So like my background has been in this kind of stuff. Uh, now, the area is very governmental, like it's very fe like it's a federal government that basically is the big uh, the big job here. Um, so so my my aesthetic has always been sort of in that clean kind of, you know, kind of look. Um, so it was just for us, I think the we just wanted to set a mood with each can design. and the best way to do it was to use, pictures of whatever it is right so on some of the um the gozas we'll use like a picture of a city um just to just to set the mood like the rio one you feel feels kind of beachier and the miami one as well I, they all feel beachy but i mean they, they sort of represent their own little little area so uh so yeah it's just getting pictures and then getting fonts that sort of match that mood like day mm. one is a very it's a modern font designed like an old school font so we wanted to be mindful of that I mean, mixtape looks like a you know someone wrote on it uh, right. like they would have mixtape so uh very simple and clean aesthetic we like our logo we like you know, the, um, uh, I don't know how to say this in English, hierarchie de l'information, the uh, information so, hierarchy that I say. So how the information is showcased, I guess. That okay. would be a proper way to put yeah, that yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, the layout so of the information. Mixtape, it's a New England IPA, 6.5%. There you go, that's it. And then you can go online to find out about the different hop combination. We're not going to, you know peacock that on every can not everybody cares and usually they'll find out on social media anyway so we like to keep the aesthetics clean and you know the information is available to everywhere through uh different mediums i like that um the other yeah. question i always had was where's the name come from so <laughs> that, that, that's what i was about to say yeah go okay ahead. good go ahead Take no, it. No, but, but i want him to do to tell the story not uh. me uh, so it's it's named after Matthew Matthew Whitworth Elmer was um, was the British uh, what did they call him not ambassador but the British uh, governor general to Canada and he was commissioned in Elmer um, what was unnamed before I'm not sure what it was called before but he was uh, Lord Matthew Whitworth Elmer fifth Baron Elmer. So his, oh. his, his dad being the fourth baron, his grandfather being the third baron, so on and so forth. Uh, and he was known to have really worked towards um, reconciliating the French and the English in Elmer. And Elmer is a very uh, – so Elmer is now part of Greater Gatineau, but mm. it used to be its own city. And it was, I would say, about 60% Francophone, 40% Anglophone. So it's a very bilingual town. Um, so we thought that was a neat story. And because we, our first focus was to be the, uh, you know, sort of like the local brewery and really make sure our, our, our community has beer first and foremost, uh, we thought that was a nice kind of tie-in with, uh, with the name of the city and everything. I like that. 
That's cool. Right. I never, so, and actually, sorry, if That's I right, may, please, the please. logo is actually, that in, I'm not sure if it's focusing, it but is. it's a five. Uh, but it also it also works as a, as a lowercase b and a, a crown with three uh, three points because there's three of us in the uh, in the project. So Ooh. there's levels to this shift, <laughs> as as they say in hip hop. Layers, man, layers. Layers after layers after layers. I love that yeah. shit, man. I mean, that's... You, you know, Jacob, that story sounds more sexy than the Wikipedia one you said the other day. <laughs> what is it? What's the, 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 the time you guys were like finding a name and you weren't able to find a name and then you guys just Wikipedia Elmer and then Fifth Baron came out of like the Wikipedia search. Uh, yeah. You ruined it's everything. Not, it's not, it's not like, a, yeah, it's not a sexy story. <laughs> That, that, yeah, yeah. I don't think that there's a lot of breweries that have a sexy story behind their names. I, I just think it's cool to uh, make your own story around it. And I, I think yeah. that's beautiful about uh, Saint-Cambaron, right? You have the logo, you have everything around it, the crown, the three uh, guys behind it, and it showcases the passion behind the project, I guess, and also the community and how important it is to its own little town. Because if you guys haven't been to Brewery Craig, you went, but that street in itself has its own thing in Gatineau. Like you won't get the same spirit that you get on that street outside of Gatineau. I can guarantee you. And it, like we're, you're right across the river from Ottawa and you still like you won't get that same, that same feeling. You're close to the water too. So I think that's something that we discussed a lot with Max also. People live, living next to water, they have something different. They have, mm. they have a very close relationship together. I, I don't know how to say it properly, but people living close to water, they're awesome. That's a, that's a really good point. I, was, I want to actually touch on the geography because it seems like Gatineau is having a craft beer renaissance over the last few years. Um, I don't know where it started, if it was Bar Canada that started it, um, and then it kind of seemed to have grown from there. Do you guys want to speak to you know, what the hell is going on? What's in the in the water, as you're talking about, Chris? Like, what the fuck is happening in Gatineau that there is so much fire beer coming out of that whole region right now? It's it's amazing. Um, it, it, like, it, the funniest thing about Gatineau is that we've had breweries for a while. Like, um, Bidete has been around. Yeah, Blasadstan has been there for, like, I, I turned 18 years old when they opened. I'm, I'm 29 now, so 11 years old. Um, Gainesville came about probably three years after. There was another brewery that fell that opened up, and like it kind of like started this way, but they all settled to be like that blonde, blanche, rose yeah, style yeah. breweries and doing their own thing. And obviously, it worked well within their own limit of where they are and having the patio, the restaurants, and whatever, being some brew pubs. But after that, expanding outside of it, it it took. Buck Canada to open up and do uh, Los Tabernacos and do the series of New England IPAs to kind of like get all that running. And since then, it's just been like that stream of constant new breweries coming up with Sammy and Gallicus and the guys at La Derive that are just amazing. Um, but all that just bring everyone to the table. And yes, obviously, a lot of them turn into New England IPAs to pay the bills at some point, but also do beers that do well outside of our own region. And because of that, it turns out that Gatineau does pretty, pretty, pretty good beers. 
And, and if you're in Montreal, cool. then yeah, Sorry. you need and to move in. Cool shit going on going on here as well. Like um, you know, just speaking for ourselves, um, the guys from Ala Derive were in. You know, I think this week or last week, to, they were you know hmm. jam on a collaboration, uh, and uh, we we were at uh, we were at Buck Canada this week as we were returning their labeler and we lost the spring on the labeler and you know whatever like we were just we're all like helping uh, each other out. We ordered we ordered our um, our latest fermenter in a deal we found with Sammy from Gallicus and we had to deliver to this place. And we just, you know, we all know each other and work together. And uh, if if someone has a question, uh, you can ask someone, you know, if, if sorry, if Sammy has done it or if JF or Seb have done it at Ala Derive, Sammy at Gallicus or if Gab or Marc-André at, at Bas Canada have done it, you can ask away and you'll get an answer like right away. Everybody's just like helping each other out. Uh, but I would say, you know, you, you absolutely have to give credit where credit is due. And, and I mean, Buck Canada has definitely put Gatineau on the map in terms of, uh, I mean, I think they're rated number one on untapped and it's, it's not an accident. They, they do tremendous, tremendous beers. Uh, so I would say they, they kind of kick things off and, and in a, a very, important and, and mighty way um and and you know i can't speak to the other breweries necessarily uh but we're, we're sort of trying to craft our own path on on our own with what it is we are doing and and get recognized as our own brewery but there's definitely something in the water yeah no come on now right <laughs> wink 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 oh i like that i like that so you guys recently actually did uh, a collab each way with Bar Canada. We opted uh, not to drink that tonight because Noah and I want to take pretty pitches and shoot with our cans. Um, <laughs> so I'm actually quite excited. So you did one at uh, your brewery and one at their brewery. Were they the same beer or were they actually no, different? No, they were different, different beers. Totally different beers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, so so uh, Bacana did their their own sort of thing where it was they did a collaboration with uh, with Gallicus, uh, one with Ala Derive and one with us. So they they uh, yeah so they released like those three co local collaborations, and then we did one on our own with uh, with Buck Canada at our spot. So it was like okay. a home and away kind of thing. Was um, the uh, so the one at Buck Canada involved honey? Uh, yeah. It was a double IPA, a, a New England double IPA with uh, with honey. Was that your idea or their idea? What, what can you talk a bit about how that idea came about? Uh, I'm not entirely sure for that collaboration. Dimitri had more of the, the, the creative sort of lead on, on that one. I think he suggested something with Honey. I'm not entirely like I, I'm yeah. not entirely sure how the collaboration that's, came. That's what happened. That's what happened. Yeah, okay. Dimitri suggested go. like uh, he met like some local honey or uh, harvesters at the um, local market local in Elmer, market, yeah. and he said like, hey, you know what, that could be cool to kind of like implement that into the beer, and I think that's what Bacana was kind of like looking for into their uh, collab with us to kind of like showcase uh, local ingredients in some way, and that's why he introduced it to it. And I think he wasn't like kind of like uh, triggered by the fact that he could probably get some like floral tones from the the actual onion there. Mm. Which, yeah, and, and it yeah. was interesting because like it was a it was a pretty rich double IPA that had a certain sweetness to it, and then when you add that honey component and you get all that 
floral spiciness from the honey mixed with the residual sugars it really does give it a real honey vibe to it um it was really good like i had it pretty fresh so it had that like sharp uh i don't remember the hop profile but it had like a it had like a, a sharpness to it and then like two weeks later i had it again or maybe even three weeks later i had it again and then that that sharpness kind of subsided and it had a richer kind of honey thing i think i preferred it a bit more fresh but it wasn't off by any means but the i think the honey shined that much more when it had a few a few like a good two three weeks on it so it was cool and i've had i've had honey in double ips before um it's an interesting ingredient um, and, and, and I find it almost like comes through more in, in IPAs than it does in, in other beers where I've had it in other beers where it's just kind of like it's there, but I don't really yeah. get it. Yeah, uh, even the Lambic stuff with honey, yeah. I, sometimes I find like I'm really looking and reaching yeah. for like, yeah, there is a sweetness kind of. But yeah, yeah like you're Hill right. With the, isn't it Anna that has honey or which one has it honey? Could Could be, Anna. Yeah, I think it's Anna. I don't, yeah. I don't really taste but much even, of it. The the cutting tiles series from yes um, from yes. Trillium from Trillium is uh, I mean you you definitely notice it same like we do a beer called Nectar with uh, mm-hmm. with the same sort of same sort of concept right it's like wine juice basically or uh, or oh. grape juice uh, I keep right you, next to my computer right. Oh, it's, it's blending in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I like it. I like it. Uh, so we do, we do that beer, which is um, and they're It's funny enough, they're two beers from uh, from Trillium, the uh, dialed in and uh, cutting tiles. But you really do notice the honey, I think, uh, and maybe that speaks more to us being accustomed uh, or, or drinking so many IPAs. That whenever you introduce a different ingredient, whether it be lactose or honey or hey. or grape juice, it just stands out, right? Hey, yeah, hey. You know? yeah that's right. Uh, lactose so was good. Presenter. Uh, uh, so I'm out here, bro. I gotta, I gotta go hide. Uh, I, I thought you were sleeping yeah, now. Like, right. why, why are you? Why yeah, are man. you even here? I, sometimes I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but but you you know you notice it right away as yeah, soon yeah. as yeah whether there's uh, so yeah maybe that's a that's a cool observation uh, maybe uh, the IPA is a great vehicle for newer flavors yeah, yeah. I agree Never, with honey the one that I think of is uh, I think it was called Beekeeper from Burlington Beer Company it was one of the first ones I had with it I was like, yeah. oh shit yeah. and the Bellwoods version of Cutting Tiles they did a collab with. Trillium yep. called Cutting Bells. Yeah. That had, cutting Sharks or uh, something. It was, it was cutting, cutting Bells. bells. Yeah. And they did sh- uh, Street Shark on their side. Yeah. So the but Cutting Bells. The first bells. batch at Bellwoods was a disaster. Of Cutting Bells? They only did one yeah. batch. Didn't they do a follow up batch? No, because I was obsessed with Bellwoods at the time. And the funny story about that uh, my friend Shahan, who owns Lost Craft in Ontario, he fucking hates the trendy stuff. So I was, I'm always giving him shit. Like he's like my boy. So I'm always giving him shit, even though his stuff is very, you know, he's a gateway brewery and that's really what he's trying to do. So I'm always busting his balls. We're at my brother's birthday a couple of years ago. And I was like, ah, like, and that was when cutting bells was out. We bought a shit ton of it at the time because I was mad excited. And we were there and my brother had one. I was like, yo, bust it out. Let's get this fucking guy to try it. And he's like, cause he drank. He's like, yo, it tastes like cocaine. 
And we're on, and every time, and I had like a four pack left, and every sip, I like it. I mean, I was never a big drug user, but all I could taste was cocaine. It was hilarious <laughs> how accurate that beer tasted like chemical powder. It was, it was crazy. Um, Jeez. Yeah, oh cocaine yeah, beers. How good is that? Yeah, T- tasting notes. Tasting yeah. notes. <laughs> Blow. Um, Brushed up Tylenol. Got a. <laughs> Got a couple Do of you good. You get that on untapped, like that little blue check thing. Yeah, yeah. I always just yeah. Cocaine check the, knee. Check co- cocaine knee. <laughs> um, we have a couple of good comments, uh, questions for you guys. Uh, Rick Perron. Rick, shouts to you, bro. You've uh, asked me some great questions recently. You've been commenting on the social with some really insightful questions. So thank you, man. Uh, Rick Thanks, says, Rick. Uh, Felicitation, les boys. Love the new money collab with Bar Canada. What would be your dream collab in the future? <laughs> Go, Chris. Uh, for me? Yeah. Oh, damn. Um, I, I, Something. I, no, dream collab. I, I, if I, I want to stay like down to art and whatever, something that's re- realizable, I, like I would love to uh, probably do a beer with, um, God damn. God damn. Uh, probably something like, I, I, do, do I steal your answer? I, I, like, I want to say Le Castor because I, I know that it's something that would fit well with the brewery. And if we, we get it out there enough, maybe we'll do it. What a jerk. I, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> that, that's your real. You asshole, Chris. I know, you right? Jerk. You jerk. No. That's, that's your answer, no, yeah, right? Yeah, no. Keep keep going. You're right, though. It's right. But, but again, to if I want to like go with my dream uh, collaboration, that would be probably something like Civil Society in Florida. It's my first through brewery love where I really – Kind of like uh, dug the place, and I think I have my own feeling towards that brewery because I discovered it alone. It got like picked up after I discovered it, so I have like the dibs on it. I feel <laughs> like it, and like they do tremendous stuff. I love the vibe, I love the street vibe that they have. Obviously, I can't go there this year. I'm very bummed about it, but again, I think it's a cool brewery, and they were ahead of like the whole. A's stuff, and I think that it would be something cool to collab with the guys uh, over there at Civil Society. And uh, they, they look like they're a dog person too, so uh, I'm a dog guy. If we can bring dogs along with the collaboration, then I'll be 100% down with that. Good answer. Pretty cool. Um, in terms of Canadian collaborations, there and there are dream collaborations to be to be had in Canada, uh, Castal would be one of them. I'm I'm a big, big, big fan of what they do. Uh, I still I still find it unbelievable that I can find saison rayé kicking on the shelves, yeah. uh, wine barrel age. Like yeah, yeah, like a like a really really good wine barrel age saison. Like that that beer is fucking world class stuff. And saison macéré, both versions are also yeah. very good. And it's Keep it's. It's yeah, it's almost laughable that we can we can find that beer uh, available. But uh, another one, a big big uh, a, a brewery that I'm a big fan of is uh, Burdock in Toronto. I'm, I I love their saisons, and I believe a lot of their beers, like the Bumos and um, uh, what are they called? Not best fruits, but uh, the Leelas and uh, yeah. whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, I I. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Americans are not allowed to do what Burdock does, which is blend in wine with beer. So 
So, mm. Some of those Bumos have like 14% wine and then, you know, whatever. Didn't uh, Trillium getting, get in trouble for, for no, throwing? I, yeah, but in, that was uh, with Tequila. That was with tequila. with tequila, but but yeah. but still, yeah. Uh, I don't think Americans are allowed to. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. They have different. I don't rules, think yeah. they're open, uh, blind. Wood. So so that would be my next uh, dream collaboration, and then my sort of like unattainable because I don't think they do collaborations. But the one brewery I would love to collaborate with would be uh, Allagash. Okay, no, they do collaborations because I had one of their collabs with Zero Gravity last year. So oh, well, there you go. It's, so, it's, uh, it's possible. I guess slide in the thinking about the DMs. DMs right now. I feel uh, like when Paula Payton dumped, uh, what's his name? The, the, Robin Thicke. Yeah, Fink. there you go. I feel like I have a chance now. now you, bro, you, yeah, you're no. basically in. Um, Rick followed up. He said, big fan of La Castor as well. Wasn't expecting that answer, but that is fantastic. He also said, favorite hop to work with, hardest to get a hold of. Good question. Favorite huh. hop to work with? I'm gonna assume that he means IPA wise, because uh, if not, I'd give like a boring answer, like Saz or yeah, something. Yeah. But uh, let's say we're we're doing it like new school. Uh, my favorite is Mosaic. Okay, good one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Super. Not a sexy pick, but yeah. A classic. What's the hardest to get a hold of? Probably Sabro or Nelson. Not Sabro. Uh, Nelson, I think, is again. You'd have to ask the guys in production. Yeah. Uh, they're they're the but, guys fighting for that stuff. I think Nelson's uh, the pain in the ass to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Tiff asked. Uh, I meant to ask who the producer for that amazing cured meat served on the meat and cheese platter on site was. Yep. Producer is uh, it's called Les Boucherons in uh, Mont Laurier. Yeah, okay. Les Boucherons. Okay, I, don't, I think we talked about where, but we didn't get the name. So uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no. so uh, totally worth a follow. Um, they are a small production facility, small production team. So in 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 our region in Gatineau and Udoe, I believe we are the only ones selling it. So. Um, Oh, we so, are yeah, the only ones selling it. it. Yeah, and and the next one that we're receiving, Chris, is the uh, Lucid Dream flavor one. I know, I know. I'm excited about uh, that. Eric sent me a message today, and he told me it was his favorite one yet. So, oh, oh, speaking yeah, I of get some. speaking yeah, of that, I think that's that's the next beer. So we should grab that, and then we should definitely oh. talk about what if you use this. I think actually this is familiar. Chris might have mentioned this to me, but I don't think I got like a lot of info on it. That's fucking cool, man. That you're actually taking a beer. Like the guy who came in with his dope sausages to compliment your beer is now taking your beer and then making his dope sausages to therefore yep. once again pair with probably the beer that he made it with, which is crazy. That's sick. Yeah, well, exactly. even even the local chocolatier that was being, you know, the cho- chocolates were being sold this week. Uh, the the caramel inside the chocolates were made with the same lucid dream dream beer. So amazing. We're trying to make it. A- Anyway, I'll go grab my stout. I'll be back in two minutes. Yeah, man, no problem. Um, no, that's very, very cool. So, I don't know, Christian, want to tell us what Lucid Dream is? Oh, so Lucid Dream is a breakfast stout clocking at 8, 8, 8.5. I, like, I don't have yeah, okay. the actual memory on it. You guys have 8, the right 8.5? Yeah. Um, and this time, it's the second time we're brewing, like we did this beer. 
first time we did beans and recirculation into a propagator that we have at the brewery. So it's basically just a keg that we can plug in into the fermenter and just recirculate the beer through it and infuse it, which takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time to do. Um, but this time, when we did some coffee test at the coffee roaster, we tried some cold brews instead. And this is what we got into this uh, specific lucid dream. And you can literally see a bigger improvement into the beer itself. I think that okay. coffee just shines a lot more through um, with the aromas, the roastiness, brings out a little bit of the chocolate at the same time, but also less bitterness coming from the coffee. Usually that's something that you do get a lot, a lot more, I think, with breakfast stouts and whatever, because coffee is bitter, so you do get bitterness from the coffee itself. Um, but having cold brew kind of like undercuts that bitterness and brings out like that obviously cold brew vibe, but more on the espresso, roasty, um, kind of like a hurt, little hurty feel, but it kind of like makes the chocolate, dark chocolate shines a bit more into the beer, which mm. like obviously there's no chocolate in there, but makes it taste like it, right? Right. That's sick. Um, so it's this one is, motherfucker. It's, um, it's definitely different <laughs> to the last one. I always spill this shit, man. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want a bit like a, a bib? A bib. Like yeah, that? I'm going to need yeah. one. Can I borrow your, your daughter's one, please? Yeah, yeah, I have some here. Uh, I'm <laughs> Thanks, gonna, man. Uh, yeah. um, I'm going to get one with second barrel logo on it. Yeah, please. Second barrel bib for kids. All right, I'm just going to piss. Uh, maybe Jacob as well. Chris has told us about this beer. Um, yeah. Do you want to maybe give, uh, us, give us your take? Because, Chris, I think you probably have to get your beer too. I know, but I can I can have a talk with Noah at the same time, so you you can leave. I I miss him a little bit, so we'll we'll chat okay. a little bit. I'll be back and say you guys behave yourselves. There you go. Sexy time explosion, baby. Oh, that the man is right there. Uh, take on this beer. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. I'm not a I'm not the biggest stout guy. I'm not the biggest imperial stout guy in the world. Yeah, not anymore. Darn. You yeah. used to. You used to be. Yeah, I used to. Guy. Yeah, yeah. I used to. I mean, oh shit. You know what beer I really miss is um, the Imperial Russian Stout from Stone. From Stone. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, remember that. Yeah. yeah ne sure. Never got yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. The last time we, the, the last batch of it or whatever they did, they sent it to the LCBO, and I'm still yeah. kicking myself for not picking up more of that beer. That was never really good. At the LCBO. No, I, I failed on that. This cat won't leave me alone. Yeah, your cat keeps disappearing on your background and yeah. sometimes popping up. She jumps on my back. She does this all day at work. She's obsessed with me. We're, we, we're always obsessed with you, Noah. <laughs> Is it a kitten or? Uh... No, she's full grown. She's just she's a a Cornish Rex. Um, which is a, a breed of cat that only has an undercoat, not an overcoat. Okay. Um, and they're uh, they tend to be a bit smaller too. So she's just uh, she's she's full grown. She's just small. And she's gotcha. obsessed with me. I have three of them. You're now at three. You got another one. You're she's my newest one. Damn, what you're like the DJ Khaled of cats. Out of there. What glass is it you're drinking out of, Noah? Oh, you mean yeah. this? 
I can't see it. I can't see it. God damn it. Leaking shit all over the place. Jesus Christ. Fuck they leaked it. They leaked it at hour three of their podcast two episodes ago. What did we leak? What did we leak? This. Noah's uh, NHL jersey logo. <laughs> oh, Ooh. dang, dang. Yeah. Uh, can we can we talk? Oh, I, I wanted to go into it, but I wasn't sure how appropriate it was. Are we allowed to talk about I, anything? Or I'm I, I'm leaving the I'm leaving the the thing to get my beer. Okay, bye. go for it. Okay, bye. Bye, bye, Chris. Um, love you. Love you, Chris. Bye. No, we can get into it. No, that was actually yeah. a funny story. Talked about it. Yeah, I'm totally fine with talking about it. Um, so yeah, I'd say probably about five years ago or six years ago, I um, I had a friend redo my, or not redo. I didn't have a logo. Um, for beerism, it must have been like I don't know three years into beerism or whatever. It made sense to have some kind of logo and he he was a design guy and he offered to do it for I don't know, a couple of beers kind of thing so he did but then like a couple months later uh jacob messaged me um saying like hey i'm a graphic designer i really like your blog and um i created this if you're interested in using it but it was so soon after what i had just done that i was like it's awesome but i not really at a time where i want to redo everything again yeah, but then we kind of got to know each other, and like, like Jacob was uh, was saying um, earlier, like you just became huge into the scene. And the thing about Quebec is that like it's there's just like this Facebook beer community where everyone kind of gets to know each other, and you just like if you follow the trade forums. Like I used to see your your trades all and, and like ISOs and, and all the time. Yeah. Uh, I was always a fly on the wall. I didn't do much trading, but I would pay attention to it. Um, and so, you know, we chatted here and there. I, I, uh, I hooked, I mean, I guess I, I recommended you to, to do the uh, Wild Shack uh, logo, which is an amazing logo. I wish they would Dope. have done, you know, actually opened a brewery. <laughs> but um, what happened? And, Why didn't they open a brewery? Uh, is that a long story? I think it's probably a long story. I, I, I think they – well, at this point, it's just it's never going to happen. They, they've, they've basically separated. Parted ways. They're not even friends anymore. Really? That's what I heard. Yeah. But, he, but even before that, I don't know if it was really going anywhere. Like, I, I know they had like some kind of business plan and they were trying to do something, but I don't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. But right we'll take, now they're not really We'll take that offline. Yeah. I, I, I just want to mention now. something about the trade post. So do you guys realize what we did with the clandestine beer? Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> FDISO. Yeah, it's genius. Genius. Yeah. So we so it never happened because I guess we thought we were like cooler than we were. But <laughs> like uh <laughs> but like so it was like the background was like a troll face. And the name was, uh, for those who haven't seen it, is uh, FT, which means for trade. And then usually people write the name of the beer they're looking for. And then ISO, which means in search of. And then this is what you're looking for. So we named, named it for trade, Cinquième Baron, in search of clandestine. But we were hoping that people would actually like post it up for trade or like ISO it. So then a trade post would look like for trade dot dot for trade dot dot. <laughs> Cinquième Baron, ISO, <laughs> Clandestin. 
but then nobody took the bait. So yet, swinging a miss on that one. Yet, keyword. Uh, I, th- I think it's coming up. It's coming up. It's going to happen. Sorry, no, I interrupted with the uh, watch that question. So you're talking about the logo and then. Yeah. So um, we 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 kept in touch here and there, and then uh, when you opened the brewery, we 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 started talking more. <clears throat> but then a couple of weeks ago, or like I don't know, last month, I I I had this. I don't know. Abirism's been like, like stagnant for the last four or five years, which has been fine because, like, I haven't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a creature of needing a lot of change in my life, and it's always been. People enjoy it. Brewers enjoy it. The readers enjoy it. Like, I haven't felt the need to really do much, but I was just kind of like, I need something. I, I, I like my my website looks so old. I wanted to like upgrade that. Uh, and with that, I was like, well, might as well upgrade the logo. And I remembered what Jacob had done. And it, it's a it's a great logo. So I asked him, like, hey, uh, do you still have the files? Because it would be a fun upgrade to 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 use what what you did. And he's like, yeah. And but then he also had this amazing suggestion of doing like a a Saint Baron sponsored relaunch. Uh, and uh, he so graciously offered to create glassware. And sell it at the brewery, um, and so that's how this was born. Ooh, yes, sir. Ooh. One of forty-eight, baby. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. That's dope. I love. I've been drinking almost everything out of it. Oh, it looks kick-ass, and it's a it's a sick glass. We'll have to order some ourselves. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's funny cause your blog, um, I remember when it came out and then when you did rebrand to the, I don't know, the tile, whatever layout it is, right. whatever that's called, uh, it looked so modern. It was so cool. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next iteration of beerism is going to look like. Yeah. Be fun. And I, I've seen some stuff. If Beer and Other Shit wants to jam on uh, on some rebranding stuff, you know, we're always willing to do that. It's always fun. But you, but your shit looks amazing. But yeah, man, you Everybody's shit looks amazing. I mean. I, I think it's really cool. It made me very happy because for the same thing, like Noah, since I've known him, has been like the guy, like Chris, we always talked about that. We always like looked up to Noah as like the dude who is like, I think we got into beer at the oh, same yeah. time, but Noah was doing that, doing it at the level with the blog from much earlier than, than we were, we were. So yeah. uh, it's been cool to I I, I feel like that because you sort of like already know like you didn't have to do anything like you're the premier anglophone beer blog in Quebec. What more could you do here, really? So you didn't really need to do shit. But it was it's been really cool. I've been really like proud of you lately, man, because it's dope. I thought the rebrand was sick. I don't know if you want to talk about the other thing that you're doing that I want yes, to say yes. publicly, but like the glassware is dope. The website is dope. You've now got Mike Beer Brit writing for the blog. Like it's, I don't know. I'm just really proud. I think it's just fucking really, really cool to see that growth in you that, that like you didn't necessarily need to do, but like, it's cool to see you just kind of like, yeah, I just need to like step shit up and then re- and connect with someone like Jacob, who's you do, you, your designs are insane. And yeah. to then to do what, you're about to talk about is even cooler and I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Um, I'll let you guys talk about that because that's just yeah, so cool as fuck. The other piece that, that Jacob uh, offer, offered was uh, was uh, was some kind of uh, collaboration beer. 
and we and we and what's what seems amazing about Jacob is that he's just like very open to just ask like what do you what do you want or what what are you interested in or or whatever and uh, we shot some ideas but like it, it's one of those things where every time any I ever think about collaboration I'm always just like what can be the thing that I can come up with that's going to be different than what all the other ones are going to be you know what I mean yeah. and then not being a brewer like it's hard to like you can come up with a concept but then executing it is it going to be awful or whatever so I had a few ideas that like were were ideas that I liked because they were different but I, I in the end it made more sense to do something a bit more simple that we could release quicker mm-hmm. and uh, not have to do like a yeah. bunch of research and and uh and test batches i'm guessing right and stuff like that so we ended up uh deciding on an ipa so uh yeah. jacob was cool enough to like ask me what kind of hot profile i was looking for and so that should be coming out in what two almost like less than two weeks you're saying yeah uh next, yeah next release days from now next release, next release? Yeah. yeah next, next release. release we got uh well no. Yeah, so we got that one coming out, and then two others. So, um, so we got yeah, it's a three beer release next one, but the the hopism one. I mean, and uh, to sort of like touch on what Craig was saying. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll ask Craig after, but uh, it's you know it's a huge testament to your work on the Quebec beer scene and what you've been doing because you've been doing it for a while, man. Like it's. Uh, Almost yeah, it's been yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been it's been a it, it's been a trip following you and and the growth of the the website and the posts and the pictures and uh, I mean your pictures are associated with so many beers being released in Quebec now. It's it's uh, it's crazy, man. So it's uh, it's a huge testament to the work you're you're doing, yeah. and uh, we're happy to be doing that with you for sure. And it's it's a fun way to collaborate, not only like on the beer, but add, adding that angle because we are able, we're in a position where we can offer it to, to sort of jam on a rebrand as well. So it's yeah. always take, yeah. taking it to the next level. Yeah. I, so. I, it's a, it's a long time coming for, uh, for, you know, I guess, because like you, you've been, like, without you, we wouldn't really be at the level we are, I guess, because I remember like the first interactions that we had together, uh, back when Tromskata released their IPA, like we're speaking like pre Ipiaz Nares days, like yes. no one knew a shit about New England IPAs, like <laughs> no one, no one. And two dumbasses, me and Max, decided to do a video on a New England IPA, and then we we say a lot a lot of shit very wrongly in our videos. And we learn a lot from that. But one of those was Noah just being like, next time, do this with the beer. I don't remember what we did with the beer, but he, he got back on, like, he got on our ass for it because we did something bad with the beer. And now we learn from that. And because of that, we're now connected with Noah and we got tighter and tighter into what we're doing and our description of beer and the way we present the beer itself. And stop being some sort of jackass, not knowing something about beer to become something that knows about beer, but also want to do an impact and spend the proper time on our videos and the content you're producing to reflect properly the effort behind the beer itself, I guess. And uh, yeah, you you did good. You did good. And um, 
opening up a lot of mine and I think it's well deserved to have all that coming together for you this year. Yeah. Even though it's a yeah. fucking shitty year, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you. But, uh, but I hope I wasn't too much guys, of a dick. All, all of you. Oh no! Guys no! No! You, you. You were the perfect dick for me. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> but but all all of uh, all of you guys as vloggers and bloggers are doing you know the beard community uh, a huge service by. Uh, you know, what you guys do and the time and effort you put into it. And, you know, it's it's a whole David versus Goliath story. And, uh, um, you know, your part in it do- doesn't go unnoticed, as I'm sure you guys know. And uh, I hope you get told by breweries that they really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. I wanted to say the article on uh, Beer and Other Shit um, uh, that Nathan put up this yeah. week. I mean, that's, that's the type of shit that... If if we you know if we were in the old days and this were to come out in the newspaper we would have have it framed behind the bar like it's yeah. such a nice piece and I mean we really I wrote Nathan and I was like man I really appreciate it man that's a gift to to get a review like that for as a new brewery like that's really it means a lot so um, so you guys do a lot for the beer community man and we we really do appreciate it. Um, before owning a, a brewery, I, I, I appreciated it as a consumer. And uh, now that I own a brewery, I still appreciate it as a, as a business owner. So on both sides, it's uh, tremendous work. So Thanks, cheers man. to you guys. Hey, man. Well, cheers. It's a, it's a wonderful ecosystem. And it's been, I, I guess I could speak for Noah and Christian, it's been like a blessing to like the – Doing the podcast specifically because it's long form, sitting down with people like yourself who have put everything on the line for this. Like Tiff and I are entrepreneurs. We have a business. We have employees. I know what it's like, but I don't know what it's like to have those six to seven figures owing to a bank or an investor or something. You guys put everything on the line and I have so much respect for you for what that takes um, and and, and to, we all play a little part. I think we play a nice little role in it, but it's, you know, we are just amplifying what uh, an industry that is, um, I don't know, it's a beautiful thing. I didn't expect it. I was just fucking around doing this beer thing, man. And like, I was, we were just playing. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And then now doing the podcast changed the game because you get to meet it. Like, I yeah. guess as opposed to say like maybe Noah's writing doesn't really get to see it in person as much as yeah. we get to sit there for you know if it was a normal situation we'd come in you fuck around for an hour get a tour talking you know vibing because we're about to be on camera so you have to have the energy right you know maybe sample a couple of things all right cool and then you go and talk for two three hours on the podcast and then you usually hang out afterwards so there's this real by the time you spend that much time with somebody you're damn near friends at that point so it's like it's yeah. such an interesting thing to be exposed to this many people and what other industry has this many cool ass motherfuckers who you actually yeah. want to be friends with that love each other you know and then also to have the beer media community chris and noah and nate you know we're in a group chat we talk literally every day i can see you guys some of my closest friends which is not what i expected to happen from a, you know a group chat a group chat but just beer and stuff and then being able to have you guys now be a part of the part, I don't know, it's this weird, like, cool, full circle thing. And then, Jacob, your story with Noah is impeccably cool to me when Noah sent the thing. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I knew you did the design, but I had no idea that 
that there was that le- length of relationship. So that made me in- insanely happy. And then Chris, of course, working yeah. for you guys and then knowing, like, you know what I'm saying? There's so many yeah. crossed paths here that um, it's, oh, it's really nice. E- even to touch on that, I mean, I think it, 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 for me, we're boiling it down to what really drew me to the industry in the first place was just uh, going into breweries and seeing how friendly people were and how willing they were to talk about their product and their job and their, you know, their fucking everyday life, whatever. It's just always been such a friendly industry. Um, and, and I mean, we get people like Chris now who's, uh, I mean, he, he, he bastardized, bastardized his title earlier when he said he's a taproom manager because he's a fucking Swiss army knife of the whole thing. You know, he does so (laughs) Ah, much and, and, you know, we get, we, we, we get reward with, with fantastic employees, but that, that whole community has always been so welcoming and we meet so many good people through it and i think that's why we want to fight so hard to diversify it and make it as as diverse as possible because it is uh warm welcoming a fun place to be a fun place to share uh, laughs good times and good good beers with and mm-hmm. and that's why why we do fight for it because um, you know, we do interact with, with many different people and we want to bring them in in our little world that we're here in front of a camera, four of us talking about beer. And we're like, we want you to, you know, we want to, to bring in the people we love into it. So, mm. uh, so anyway, we'll keep doing it. And, um, but, but yeah, yeah, that's why we got into it in the first place, I think. Yeah, man. It's, I can, I can really see why. Sorry, no, you going to say something? How'd you know? So my mouth open? Oh, I you, you did that like I'm about to call Scott always used to do the waiter. Yeah, you about to call a waiter at a restaurant? Oh, <laughs> the finger <laughs> thing. You do like the finger no. thing, but you do like a lip. I can't do it like he does it. It's hilarious. He's like, <laughs> you like lick your lips for a second as if you <laughs> call the motherfucker. Sorry, go. So, <laughs> no, so Jenny, my my partner, she always knows when I'm what I have I have these I don't know if I, probably other people do this too, but I do it a lot where I have conversations with myself in my head. It's like I'm practicing talking to somebody always, in my head. Always. And she always catches me on it because I just do these like subtle like hand movements. Like I'm. Making, oh, no. In like my the mind. flute? Like you're playing the flute? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. so that's, like, could that's be a clarinet. I my hands because you can't see them down here, but yeah. they're usually on my lap and I'm just going like. Or something, <laughs> but what? But anyway, all I wanted to say was, uh, we we didn't talk about uh, this beer. Uh, oh, sorry, we talked about it. Uh, Chris brought. I uh, talked about how it, it was um, created, but I want to talk about how good it is because yes, this is um, fucking phenomenal. And yeah. it could be because of all the love vibe that we're having. It could be because I have two beers uh, ahead of it. Love, who knows? Um, but I don't think it's that. I think it's because this is really something. And you're you're really right about the the bitterness, uh, Chris. In that, um, usually for the amount of coffee that I'm getting on the nose and on the the profile, you're going to get that kind of resinous bitterness yeah. from the beans in some capacity. But doing the cold brew thing, um, you really don't get that bitterness at all. Um, which would also lead you to think that it might be a bit on the sweet side, but it's not that either. So you don't have the bitterness, but you also don't have the sweetness and still finishes really clean. But like every sip is a coffee explosion. It's really something. Mm. It's still got the body. It's still got the girth of that breakfast stout. Um, 
I'm I'm I love want cases of this just like in my my cellar. <laughs> well, it's again, it's a testament that there's 20 grams of protein in the chicken breast. You know, like you can still get those flavors out love- of your basic ingredients. Um, so yeah, so the guys worked at it, you know, the first batch, I don't think was the first batch was very good, but this one, I think they, they knocked it out of the park and we've got tremendous partners at, uh, Brown bag coffee roasters that, you know, we actually take the the time to sit down and go through these different coffees and, and, and figure out which one is best for, you know, the different beers we're working on. So, um, yeah, but yeah, if you guys at home are sitting on like a couple of like good just imperial stouts, uh, maybe a couple of cans or whatever, if you get a good price on imperial stouts, doing that own experience yeah. at home is something in itself. Like it's the first time I sit through different, uh, just the same beer with different coffees infused with beans, infused with espresso, and after that infused with cold brew. Uh, I think it's good for your knowledge. Yes, with coffee, like I, Craig is also a coffee nerd. I'm a coffee nerd. I love that. But bringing that up with beer, it kind of like separate itself. But you can also see what impacts the form of the coffee as on the beer itself, which was very impressive. Yes, I left the place wired up as hell. Because <laughs> I, like we drank way too much coffee. But damn, that was cool. That was cool. Uh, yeah. We we were in good like it's good partners so we had access to like espresso whenever we wanted and cold brew whenever we would like it and get all those infusions running and the knowledge of coffee going through but if you're alone at home at at, at the moment right now uh, with COVID and all yeah. that like you have access to good coffee like do your own experience open crack up a uh, imperial stout just infuse it whatever the way you want to like it. 25%, 50% the way you want it, but the experience That's is so 50%. fun. Uh, we, did we did it. We did We did 50-50. It was good. We yeah, did and you were up for like 48 hours straight. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but it, yeah, no, it's true. It's definitely something, we, you, you know, you sit down, you do the work, you don't just guesstimate, you know, right. what sort goes where and you do the work properly and you get you get the results but it's uh yeah it's uh, with coffee it's always a fucking trip right because uh <laughs> yeah you leave those uh testing sessions wired oh, yeah, everyone's got like, so much to say yeah. <laughs> what's the percentage in this one of coffee to be in? You're like what? How late am I going to be up tonight? Is kind of the question. Oh God! I, I mean, I I'm good. Yeah, like, I'm going to move on. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to switch up, guys. I'm going to pick up a beer. You guys, you guys don't have in Montreal yet, but we'll, we'll get it to you guys. Okay. All right. Oh, 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 what? What? Oh. Surprise beer. Surprise. Oh what? shit! Surprise, surprise beer. beer. Let me do oh. some air horns. Surprise beer! Surprise beer! So. I found drumsticks in my in my uh, in the closet. There, my thing. Oh, we didn't tell people, drumsticks. Chris. You're in a closet right now. Yeah, in my closet, I find drumsticks. So Chris is I, deep. I, I, yeah, it's it's a, it's so much a closet. That I have my old my grandma's old. Um, Can you put that on? Can you put beaver that on? beaver coat? Put you the beaver coat. That is so right fucking now. Canadian. That needs to be ridiculous. on your body. There you go. You want me to wear that? Yeah, bro. That's so Canadian. Yeah, I'm putting that on right now. Please. It's it's so hot. I oh, the Belvedere. Oh shit! I saw this today. Tell us about the Belvedere, Jake, man. 
yeah, I, that was um, just the next one in line of our uh, our loggers. So we've been rotating through. <laughs> we did uh, two tail spills. There you go. You look like Kramer. The hair slicked back in the ponytail. Oh, I, I do like it. I do like oh. that. Hey Craig, why don't we take our uh, the 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 shot with the glass right now with with him in that jacket? Oh yeah, take, let's do the. Um, oh, it smells. It smells. Leave it on. Leave it on. Oh. We're gonna do the yeah. uh, oh. the thumbnail. Chris, I'm just gonna take the, take the hot, screenshot. Dude. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna hold hold these. Who's whose is it? It's my grandma's uh, beaver goat. Canada. Jake, do you want to hold up a beer or something? It's gonna do the thumbnail for YouTube, and Chris has to yeah. wear the jacket. You can just hold up the Belvedere if you want, because me and Noah have the other one. There you go. You ready? Oh, that is gorgeous. That is stunning. Oh, Chris, you and sorry, we, we completely ruined the, the reveal of Belvedere. Yeah, sorry. It's uh Oh no. It's Chris's fault. The jacket was worth it. Mostly my fault. Yeah, but I also have that for you, uh, Noah, if you'd like. That is also very Canadian. <laughs> Jesus, this is very it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we, guys. Hey, it's authentic. Yeah, welcome, welcome <laughs> to my closet. What a Friday night right? hey, for Chris. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, literally, hey, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, it's man, it's it's hell, in there. Friday night. Uh, uh, um, let's talk about uh, Belvedere. Tell us about Belvedere, bro. Yeah, so uh, Belvedere was the next in line. We did uh, we did two tails, Dame One and Petit France. I think were the three loggers we had done up to now. Uh, not true. We did some IPLs, but I mean, I'm yeah, we did IPLs. But this is the the traditional. So it, again, super traditional Vienna lager, uh, copper color, caramel notes, dried fruits, nice. uh, slight, slightly roasted malts. Um, perfect carbonation, perfect body. Uh, this is, I mean, for us, it's the, the lager we want to be drinking right now. We would have, you know, ideally it would have released, uh, two, three weeks ago, but it's, uh, it's a, it's the lager we want to be drinking right now. Next one in line is going to be, uh, our Schwartz beer. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Black lagers. Is yeah, so it's a amazing. great beer. Yeah. Who else, who else is making Vienna lagers? We were, um, uh, Vruden. we actually, we, who? I think Vruden maybe, cause Vruden do a lot of the Vruden, yeah. the yeah. German stuff. Um, it's not too many. Uh, oh, um, Vienna lagers. I'm trying to think. They're, they're, uh, they're red, they're Russ. It's a, yeah. uh, it's a Vienna lager, okay. but they branded as a red ale. Yeah. So. I'm trying to think where else I saw one. The 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 fact that all of us have to like literally look to the side and, and rack our brains. Yeah. Shows. Oh, you know who did one is um. They're on the list that you sent me last night, Craig. Oh. Uh, we both got their their packages. Livingston. Yes. Livingston. Oh, no. such a nice guy. Have you guys met him? No, but no. Trevor, right? It does seem. Uh, yeah, Trevor Livingston yeah. and uh, his brewery. Have you seen his uh, Instagram page? Yes. Oh, yeah. damn, it's gorgeous. That's a beautiful, beautiful tap room. Absolutely beautiful tap room. Uh, super nice guy as well. Uh, they're in a small, uh, I forget, what's the name of the place, Chris? Oh, it's not Covey. Uh, it's not Covey Hill. 
It's not that no? far away from Montreal, I guess. I think it's in the Depends township. Wrong. I think it's Eastern Township. Yeah, yeah. it's Eastern Townships, yeah, exactly. but not that far. I'll take a look. Yeah, I swear it was Covey Hill because I've done uh, one minute beer reviews before, and I always fuck it up because I don't look at where it is. Yeah, Covey Hill. Oh, oh, Hinchinbrook. Lynchenbrook. I don't even know. Right? We're getting we're getting all kinds of of false information. I feel. <laughs> this is this is from Google now. This is from Google. Fake news? Are we talking about that right oh, now? Oh, it's not far at all. It's not far from like it's right right near the border. Not far yeah. from like Salaberry the Salaberry de Valley Field. Field. Oh yeah, they they're like oh okay, I, I see where they are. But they're, look at yeah. their tap room. Their tap room is a work of art. Yeah, I never seen that shit. Yeah, they're not that far from me actually. And uh, there's it's, uh, it's there's their a local brewery. You no, know, wake up! I think. Uh, yeah, I wish I had a local brewery. <laughs> no, but I think the land belonged to the family for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a barn, and then uh, Trevor wanted to do to do a brewery in the barn, and then they renovated it. Uh, him and his wife. Uh, anyway, super nice guy, super nice spot. We have uh, he he swung by the brewery right when we opened and dropped off uh, a couple of beers and good stuff. Nice guy and beautiful tap. Yeah, it looks really pretty. Jeez, I never actually looked at these before. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's a big bond with like yeah, like it. Craig, like, step uh, your game yeah, you up. Like Craig. A, <laughs> Sorry, but if he had like farm to table dinners or something, like oh, that would be yeah. like a really a nice thing out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, cheese, cheese platters from the farm, mm. and oh, oh yeah, and they do. I there a lot of go. traditional. Oh, I'd love a cheese platter right now. Ooh, fuck. Oh, I want, I want some of those oh. sausages. Chris and his cheese. Oh man, Chris is obsessed. Cheese. Oh man, I'm obsessed with cheese. Hey, but it's so good. Hey, it's so good. It's what's so a key good. ingredient of cheese? Hmm. Mm. <laughs> uh, hmm. Processed milk. Hmm. Processed milk. A, a product of milk, huh? I'll think about. It. I'll yeah. think about it. It'll come. It'll come to me. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Vienna lagers. That's what we're talking about. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how about a how about a Vienna lager with lactose? Boom. There you go. There you go. Two shots of cream. That's what you want. Boom. Boom. Oh yeah, with two shots of cream. Two yeah. Shots why not? Of cream in your Vienna lager. You're onto something, my man. Then you uh, <laughs> yeah, boil it in a big pot. And uh, yeah. you get yourself know. some shitty drink to uh, wow. yeah, I was yourself. going nowhere fast with that one. Wow, wow. Uh, you guys no, are just they're, they're super, they're super cool beers, yeah. man. I don't know why, why, why we're struggling to find breweries that are making those beers, they're fantastic. Yeah. We go to Stowe, we try actually, that's why we're going to a cottage tomorrow. It's because it's our uh, engagement anniversary, nice. and um, we got engaged in Stowe. Vermont, yes, which is a beautiful place. Love you guys, I'm sure. And we got engaged at Von Trapp. I know that I love Von Trapp, it's the best, right? Yes, and the breweries, like they make a fantastic Vienna lager out of control, they make great lagers in, in general. But the last time I went to Stowe, you know, crossing back into Quebec, you're only allowed like a shitty amount of beer back in, like eight point whatever it is, and um. 
And usually when I'd cross into Vermont, I'd bring back a bunch of IPAs and whatever, like the the, the barrel-aged uh, confitties and whatever you can get your hands on. And then the last trip we did, I only brought back a bunch of Von Trapps. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And I was like, I can uh, see I why. Like, fuck yeah, man. That's, su- that's super punk. Yes. I actually regret <laughs> not. Punk rock. Man, we were there the, literally the week before lockdown. And I regret because I had three cases already because I went and visited some friends and they always like take us take care of me way too much. I wanted to get some Von Trapp and some uh, Green State Lager from uh, Zero Gravity. Oh, and I very much regret beautiful. not got like it, Von Trapp. We did a podcast with them last year or a couple of years ago. It was just I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. It was insane, and I was almost vexed because they gave me a T-shirt but they didn't give me any beers. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> I should have got some beer. But they what? They like because we sat with Sam, Sam Von Trapp, who's the grandson of Maria Von Trapp, who Sound of Music is about. Yeah. He was such a lovely dude. And they gave me a t-shirt, but no beers to go. And I was like, fuck, I should I do I should have just bought it. I was I was mad disappointed because I didn't expect this was like the beginning of my crispy awakening, I think. Like <laughs> that shit for me was like I can't exp- I, I feel the same way, dude. Like every time I go there, I really yeah. like because I have too much other stuff. I'm like, oh, man, like even if we're there for a weekend and you're allowed the, yeah. the reasonable amount of uh, beer. Do you know, by the way, the money zone, I got to go there. I take my hat off. I wear the glasses, look like a nice little boy. Tiff has her lucky red lipstick. And uh, we have all the receipts and she has them in her hand. And they go, what do you have in the car? Like, yeah, we went to Trader Joe's and, and we have some beer. Some beer. You say some. And if they're in the mood, they'll ask you further questions. And you're like, oh, there's like... I don't know, 72 or something, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And like you just kind of make it up and then they can you can kind of bluff your way through. So I think right – I don't you know. I, once I, I crossed the border and I kept my receipt because that's what everyone Always says. keep the receipts. So so I kept them and then I crossed the border and he's like, are you bringing something back home? I'm like, yeah, beer. He's like, I have the receipt. And he's like, oh, I don't care. Bye. <laughs> I'm like – <laughs> I'm like, fine, okay, fuck off. I'm like, yeah. all right. It just depends on how busy. Be- yeah, man, you just got to get there. And oh, you're man. like, thank you. It's because you were wearing that fur coat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the beaver. I know, I know. They saw that he just couldn't handle it. And he, I just need you to go before I jump you and and, and get on. Oh, <laughs> no. no, but this episode has another word for mounted police, sucks. right? That's a lovely place. Um, Von Trapp is such a lovely place, man. It's the we, best. I, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to go back. And they're they're one of those super underrated Vermont breweries. I find that they they actually legit. So the story, apparently, I'm sure. I, and and I have to find that that podcast episode. I'd love to listen to it. Um, but they, they originate from Austria. Yeah. They're actually the Von Traps, right? And they moved and uh, that hill or that part of the the mountain reminded them or the view from the lodge reminded them of Austria. And that's why they opened up the lodge there. 100%. Uh, it's a phenomenal place and it's a slept on, super slept on brewery in Vermont. I find, yep. and I hope as people get to appreciate lagers more, they'll they'll hit that spot more because it's uh it's an experience, oh, yeah. it's a trip going there. The food is amazing too, just the whole vibe. It's got yeah. that ski lodge vibe uh, with the you know the the uh, angled roof with the big beams, the huge wooden yeah. beams, the German food, the German like sausages and sandwiches and stuff. It was like, yeah. oh man, it's like uh, 
fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't want to think about it too much because I kind of I'm not even like being ridiculous. I can't, genuinely, I start feeling upset because I don't know when we could when we're going to be able to go back. I know. And we go back pretty. I, I was speaking to my boy. Funnily enough, um, my friend uh, Noah. See when Mike sent us the or you someone sent us in the group chat the it was a trip. No, six tuple dry hopped. Uh, triple IPA from um, Burlington Beer Co. So my friend Rob, who's one of my best friends in Vermont, so I, we always go see him there. He, fa- he I, mess- I sent it to him. He's like, yeah, I'm getting it in an hour. And then he's like, I'll call you. So then I was in the middle of working out and he FaceTimed me and he poured the beer in front of me like a, a six <laughs> times double <laughs> double dry up, whatever. Six double dry up. And he, it was like, he's like, <laughs> like, he's like, bro, I'm going to be done after this. It was just like made me even sadder to see Vermont because he was outside during the day. What is the ABV on eleven? That? Like you need a monster. How eleven? Because it was a eleven. It was a, it was their sixth anniversary, so six yeah, yeah. tuple dry hops. Again, again, you could like six tuple your eight tuple your beer with a smaller amount and just yeah. get the same thing running I, I and just do it for the, the name, label right? Should have been like that dude from the like the World Guinness Records that had like <laughs> 150 cigarettes in his mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be that guy, That's just way too many cigarettes, it's, man. That's it's not gonna do dry it. hops. Don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It was it was a lot of dry hops. I always thought it was Wait, funny. How often do you compromise your beer to oxygen exposure by doing that? I know, I know, it's a small amount, but still, like you, you can't, you can still compromise your beer by doing too much dry hopping into your beer. I feel because like you're being a buzzkill. Yeah. Something from outside. Yeah, but I feel like you're being a buzzkill, Chris. I feel like you're uh, killing I, the buzz. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Right now. I'm being reasonable with that because six is too much. It's re- no, it's absolutely ridiculous, which is why it's hilarious. And it's mostly I wasn't even bringing it up to talk about that beer, but it's just because it was seeing his house in Vermont, and it made me even sadder because I'm like, fuck! Every fall yeah. we always go there, we do the leaf peeping and stuff, and yeah. uh, I would have loved to go peeping. to Vermont with you guys. Leaf peeping, yeah, bro. <laughs> you haven't heard of that. Have you not heard of it? No, I've never heard this. Yeah. Oh, bro. When we heard leaf peeping, we died. Okay. So it's a fucking, <laughs> we heard it in Colorado. So we were in Colorado two years ago with the uh, tourism office and we left Durango and we were going to Uray and it was through all these mountains and the, the tourism lady was like, yeah, these guys are all leaf peepers. And we're like, what? <laughs> they're, all, they're leaf people. Like they're keeping the leaves, the leaf peepers. Like as you guys would say. And I was like, yo, that's fucking amazing. So like leaf- there's these, Beepers. There's people who go to places that have beautiful fall, like Colorado, like Quebec, yeah. Quebec, like the Vermont. They, they, they call them leafers, don't they? Call them leafers in uh, Massachusetts. There's like they a could. Family Guy episode. That's where I get. Okay, that's, that's how I get educated on. Maybe it was just guy. Colorado yeah, calling the here. leaf peepers, and then I think Vermont calls them the leaf peepers, not leafers, because people knew. So we. Heard that we're like, oh, that's hilarious. When we got back from Colorado that year, we went to Vermont specifically to peep leaves. And then this year, <laughs> I know, I'm not joking. But hey, specifically to it's ridiculous. And, and then, and then, sounds like you're peeking out of like uh, yeah, like, the border and just bush somewhere, <laughs> like peeping through. 
Do you get kangaroo creep uh, peepers? Oh, kangaroo and, roo peepers. Yeah, probably. I've seen some roos around. You know? They'll fuck no, you kangaroo up. peepers. Yeah, this is what you get in Australia because yeah. you don't like you don't get trees in Australia, right? No, we got enough trees, but the the autumn is right. the same. So when no, you, you don't see, get leaves in Australia, it's desert. We have well, you have gum trees, which is what koalas eat, bro. So we need fucking trees because mm. koalas gonna eat them. And oh, then yeah. you so see the kangaroos. So you can peep on the koalas. Yeah, you peep them. But I never saw a koala ever until a couple of years ago we went back. And then my, what? Aunt, my auntie, because my dad died, so we went back, right? So then my family were taking us all out. And they, yeah. my aunt and my uncle took us to a zoo where you're allowed to touch the fucking kangaroos and shit. And I took Tiff. Tiff was there. And we were like, what the fuck? So we took this thing where we take a photo with with the koala and you touch it. I've never seen one, let alone touch one. And they feel like wow. a, a rug. And then they have this whole paddock of kangaroos that, that, that are tame. So you pay, and it's like a couple bucks for this little thing of feed. So you rock up. These motherfuckers, bro, I'm five foot eleven. They are taller than me. And you come up and like, what's up? And you're like, hey, man, I got some food for you. And they get their claws that are as big as your finger and they get it on your hand and they're like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, you could kill me in a in a second, but they don't kill you; they're chilling. <laughs> and then you take some photos oh, and stuff. Yeah. And it's it's very intense. It's really. We great. need to get Craig to Parc Omega in Montebello in a region. <laughs> Holy I would shit! Love, that would, I would, be, love that would be an amazing episode. What, it, what oh, is yeah. that? Like, yeah. What is it's, it? it? It's a park that you can like. You, you drive around, and there's like Quebec wild animals you can feed. And okay. they like they get their full ads into your car and lick stuff and get carrots in your car. That's Yo. that you can walk out and like there's wolves and whatever. So you it, can't walk out. You can't walk yeah, out. Yeah, there's a part you can walk out and feed. No, uh, but they're here. like they're yeah. sectioned yeah, yeah, yeah. off. At that no, point. there's a there there's a, you can't walk out of your car and go fuck around with wolves. <laughs> no, 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 not the wolves. Not the you wolves. Get to wrestle the oh, wolves. Part of it's like yeah, yeah. chicken. It's like it's not even the same park. Like, no, 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 no. Yet. But I, I went, yeah. I went for the night walk. There's night walks where you can go and there's lights, and then after that you go and there's wolves, and you can hang out outside of the wolf thing, and they feed the wolves. That's quite cool. I would love to do that. Let's do that for a, a beer thing. We just bring beers and just make it beer related. Let's oh, I'm it. pretty sure we can sneak in beers in there. Yeah, let's put them in our jacket. You pull them up. Yeah, you fucking wolf. Hey, like yeah. Man. <laughs> Bro, that would be lit. Tasting notes. With yeah, the like, hold on. Uh, hey, Mister, what do you reckon? With, do you with, would where the conversation is going? The screenshot for this episode should be Chris and his fur coat. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's what we did. It's perfect. Hundred percent wolf. <laughs> I hope it's not a real wolf coat. Hundred percent wolf. Uh, yeah, we can put 100 wolf. I'll write it down because I'm gonna need it. I'm gonna need a good name because the only one I have is 100 wolf. 100 wolf. Otherwise, it's, I'm on their dick. Otherwise, it's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Dick wolf. <laughs> dick wolf. That's actually a guy, didn't he? Write like X Files or something. Dick wolf was like no, a writer. Law and Order is Dick Wolf. Law and Order. There you go. See Look at that. what. Yeah, it's a good it's name. It's a real name. Yeah. Oh, Wolf, the creator, author, or uh, writer for uh, Law and Order. So what to pull a 180, um, and has nothing <laughs> to do with Saint-Him Baron, but today okay. I uh, went oh. to uh, Chalib, and uh, I got to have 
this beer, which is their uh, lager that they aged six months on yes. uh, in an oak fooder. And I got to have it on one of those uh, side lookers. Oh, it was. I I think I want to drive the 40 minutes there every day just to have that over and over. So that's that's the same beer, but obviously not on a Luker side bowl tap. So that that can is the exact same beer. So. Yes, exactly. So he he has his regular on um, screen again. I want to see it. Yeah, sure. So he has his regular um, simplicity um, volunteer. Hold it up um, closer to the camera. Does that work? Yeah, we can see. Yeah. So closer. So that uh, or uh, that the things just like blending into the picture. But that uh, Chris, that's Matthias's favorite uh, pilsner. And Matthias is the guy who did the Petit Trans. Well, it, it, it was it was one of my favorite uh, back in the day when they released the first one in bottles. I, I yeah. really loved that. So I'm super curious to try that. Is that getting distributed? Do you know? Um, I don't know about distro, but they were selling it at the brewery. I have some extras. I could send you one. Oh, well, I might not say no. How like how is it any? It's got to be pretty good. Have right? you had it in the can? Oh, it's freaking amazing. Did you, have, that, it? Did you have it in the can? Here. Yeah. How was it in and the so, can compared to the Luca? So I had it on Luca, uh, I don't know, like noon today, and then I came home and I cracked open the can. Uh, they were a bit different, but uh, it was still great. I loved it. Yeah. And yeah, you can't replicate Luca into cans. Like, it's impossible. Yeah. It's it's like nitro on nitro. It's it's like double nitro mm, on filters. Nah. But yeah, I, yeah. I, I, there's no way to describe it. We got it at the brewery, and we have the Petit France on it. And like every single time we're pouring a beer ourselves, it's just a different experience. Like depending on the angle you pour, pour the beer and how many yeah. foam you get in, how many liquid you get out. Like it's so much different every single time. And uh, like it's it's sad because we got the Luker for yeah, a day right. before we got into red zone so we we were like one day of tap room with the lucre mm. so not enough to train customers about it and talk yeah. about it but it's still there so enough so we can train uh or like tap room people to to get used to, to it use to play it. with it and ourselves to treat ourselves i guess yeah. but um to and learn for, for- for those who don't know what a lucre tap is or a, a side pull tap is, it's a it's a different tap handle to sort of the goal is to to sort of build a really dense uh, really dense head on top of the beer that will you know compact into really mostly beer, but that uh, that head protects the beer from oxidation, so from any contact with. So the idea is usually you'll pull. The head first, and you'll pour, pull, pour the beer under the head. So, uh, so yeah. Can really I, cool, I got yeah. a question about it? Um, sorry, no. Yeah. Like, does the Luca have? Can can you pour? Does it have to be tapped to one beer at a time? Because say if you've got the two tails peels, the Des Moines, the fucking Petit France, or even the Vienna Lager now, can you pour all of them on that, or does it just like no. a normal keg tap? It has to be tapped to one beer at a time. One at a time, and yeah. So you've got a. They're, they're pretty expensive taps. Like they're not even. Uh, so depending, if you have like a mural tap system, um, I think the what's it called, the shank, 
Would, yeah. would you call it the yeah so the shank is longer on it so if you're if you have a mural uh sort of tap system then you can go deeper into your wall we have a tower at the brewery so we're limited in terms of depth mm. uh so, so it we had drips on the floor special, yeah so it drips on the floor and we had to get a special shank from the u.s to work with the check tap so anyway it was a whole fucking pain yeah just getting but that it's awesome thing. that you guys have one yeah, yeah it's great it's I, I mean we're we're really putting a lot of time effort and 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 love behind our loggers so it's uh it's cool that we have it yeah i want one right now just here talking about it and i saw the oh man um, i saw noah's photos today that he was sending just looking at that and then i saw the photos that chris was sending when you guys first got it and Man, I just like that. I, I had it the first time in uh, Triple Crossing, actually, in um, Richmond, Virginia. I didn't really know what it was. It was just this completely different, like, texture. You didn't really explain it. I was like, yo, yeah. this is fucking crazy. And I feel like it's yeah, become... Go on. No, I was just going to say, uh, it was it was Alex that first introduced it to me the last time I was there, which uh, when he gave me his uh, this beer, but the non-six-month-on-oak barrel-aged version uh and it just i was in love like it it's just it has the 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 the, the only th experience i have that's anything closer than that is when you pour something on nitro you know and um but it's not quite as aggressive it's it's more subtle it's just so creamy like you just have that big head and then um every sip is just this like wonderful creamy thing but um even with that creaminess it's just it goes down so smooth you could just mm. like drink the beer in five seconds that's how it feels um and then with this new oak version and it actually is super subtle like you don't get a lot of the tannins it's just super yeah. super straightforward um he's, he's he's really killing it with the loggers lately i gotta say um he did a collaboration with this uh this guy um named jason that we're friends with as well who owns an iga in the townships and uh it was a keller beer that he aged on oak for like two or three months and so it had a bit of a maltier profile and that the 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 tannins on that with her was a bit more uh, aggressive but it really worked wonderful as well so he's doing a really good job with the lager so. uh, I, I, he's been doing well since the beginning with lagers like i like the first versions of that beer was amazing and when we did that you remember the Last year was it last year the Farmhouse Festival that we did over there? Oh, it wasn't the summer that just passed. But yeah, it was the summer before. Yeah, exactly. And that like we, I had a couple over there too, and like, he's always been killing it this way. And I think it, it's, I guess it's the downside of having all the I A's hype coming up. It's that when something good in the crispy side of things happen, it just get overshadowed by all the hype that's coming from that other type of beer that's yeah. more popular in the market again. So it's, well, it's funny actually, because I was I I what you just said makes sense to me today. So this guy shows up because I was standing like at the outside with Alex and he he basically had this little like tent area where You'd go inside and place the order, and then you'd come out with your receipt, and then he would hand you the beers outside, I guess just to keep them cold or whatever, or just so that when people were driving by, they saw that there was like something going on. 
And this guy is like, oh, I'm going to run and get a four pack. And as he was walking in the door, I'm like, get an eight, get eight. Because <laughs> it was so good. And I had like a big mug of the pills. And he comes out. And he's like, you know what? I did get eight just because of you. And I'm like, awesome. Uh, but he, he was talking, he was going in to get the, the New England IPA he was releasing, not the lager. So I was like, oh, oh. I didn't try the New England. I have no idea what that <laughs> So he could be pissed right now. Get that lager. Uh, uh, so get the yeah. lager, man. Oh, I, I feel like with this, like, the side pool thing, like, there's, I'm becoming more and more aware of it. Like I said, I tried it last summer for the first time. I think maybe Godspeed has one as well. Like you guys now Suarez have Suarez made it famous too. Suarez like, was the one. I think Ben Suarez yes. was the guy who was making those muffin tops, and everybody was just freaking out. Yes, uh, low key was just doing it the old traditional way, and we it all just blew our minds. But uh, yeah, kudos to him. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned that because last. August, we uh, prior to COVID, every August we go to Brooklyn for Afropunk. And uh, we always do a where to drink craft beer in New York vlog. Last summer we went to Torst in Williamsburg and they had, I had the Suarez Pilsner on Slowpore. So that means that they are actually making sure that when they send it out, they're sending it to bars to have a slow, yeah. they have a slow point. I never had it. I think that was probably the second time I'd have it, had it, which was pretty close. It was like a few weeks or a month later than when we went into Virginia. So it yeah. was like, I was just like, this is immaculate. Like I just couldn't believe how, how crazy it was. So now to, I feel like, like, like Chris, you're saying as far as it getting mm. hype, I think you're right, but I think it's not too far off because – and it's this ridiculous circle, just like all fashion and all trends and all anything are. Um, if this side pour thing is becoming, even though it's expensive, and if I bet you, you know, a brewery like you know, Brewski or Masorum here in Montreal who are making those really high intense lagers, they don't already have the slow pour. Because I remember even if you order at, at, at Masorum, they pour it. It's from a normal system, but they, they do a slow pour on a normal system. So I feel like for them, yeah, they, like they'll, yeah, yeah, they do this. So I feel like what they really want is that Luca. So that means yeah. I, I, I see, I definitely foresee that becoming a a much sought after thing once things get back to normal. Because obviously, right now, none of us can experience it, which actually really fucking sucks. But I wonder. I, this is probably maybe a question for either of you guys or anyone. Can can just like you can put nitro in cans or bottles. Can you replicate a Luca in bottles or cans? I, I lost you for a couple of seconds. You lost what? me? I was saying, can, can you replicate yeah. a Luca <laughs> pour in bottles or cans just like you can have like a nitro, like your know, left hand milk stout? Uh, in a, in a I don't know. Not that I'm aware of, and, and the trouble it was just to get it to like. The best comparison I can make is like going to uh, to Europe and bringing your plug, and you gotta, you know, you gotta deal with the whole fucking thing there, where it's like, and, and they have to deal with the whole different thing here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of like the challenge we're we're facing. I think is we're not uh, necessarily outfitted, or our, our our tap systems aren't really outfitted for for that exactly. It's a very niche uh, niche thing. Yeah, but um, uh, on that note, I think Luke right now is working on 
side poles to fit the systems in America. Yeah. I, I think that's what our tap provider told us last time he came by. Yeah. Obviously, they're working on it, but it needs a lot of engineering around it to make it work. But hopefully, it's going to be like available in the upcoming years, I guess, yeah. for them. Because like I, what, what, he imported like six taps and they were already all sold out. Four. Sure. Yeah. Four. Yeah. That's yeah, all? You have to pick the first one. We well, there the are, uh, I think for him to order them in, they're 400 bucks a tap. So then you got to factor in the insulation, and then we had to get extra equipment. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's it's a bit of an investment. Uh, but all that, all that to say though that um, you know, regular poured loggers are nothing to shit on either. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah, because you get because if you want that livelier carbonation and you want just like an easy drinking. Not as I don't know. I find with like the more carb stuff, sometimes it feels lighter. Or it feels like fresher when I'm drinking yeah. it, um, and sometimes that's what I want. So it, it, the side bowl is cool. It's really cool, and it works for certain beers. And sometimes you're in the mood for it, and sometimes you're not. But it's not the end all be all of fucking lagers. That's mm. for sure. Okay. Um, you know, regularly pulled lager is perfectly fine as well. Uh, it's that extra level of geekness and the novelty factor, but I yeah. mean, because I can totally see where the geeks are going to go next. It's going to be the loggers and it's going to be the side pole fucking muffin top. And, you know, like it, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, it's one way to serve it, but there are other ways. And, you know, the one that ultimately prevailed might not necessarily be the, the, the worst way. So, uh, hmm. so, so it's cool. It's cool to try. It's cool with certain beers. It's cool if you're in the mood for it, but uh, it's only one way to serve it. So it's not yet like fucking, you know, like super side yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine it could get that way. I can just imagine everybody, all the people who really fuck with that, like once all the Haze boys get on it. And everybody mm. else who like hates the Hayes boys, but Luca Seipel, uh, nah, fuck that. We were on for oh, that. Oh, Hayes boys will ask for like triple Luca Pole or whatever. Lactose yeah. La- yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Oh, it's it's the like Luca Pole. Starbucks coffee order. You know, like, Yo, pump, like, 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 like sugar, a dash of vanilla, woo! a little bit of cinnamon. I want a three quarter pull, not a half pull, three, you know. <laughs> You're talking my language. I feel like imagine like a pumpkin spice latte legal pool or some shit. Some no, <laughs> no. Like a stout no, pumpkin no, spice. No. no Are you no. team pumpkin? Because I know Chris isn't. No. Are you team? Do you fuck with pumpkin, Jacob? Yeah. He's 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 Ben Wallace defending, just shutting it down right there, and I'm I'm, yeah. I'm with him. God I'm damn. Oh, but um, I was gonna pitch you a lactose pumpkin collaboration, but you know what else? Oh. I'll rethink it. I'll rethink it. You should. You should rethink your old thing. Yeah. <laughs> what about? It? It's okay. You you have the lactose seltzer going on with the third moon. Yeah, lactose seltzer, oh. pumpkin spice uh, lactose seltzer oh, on Luca. Oh. Imagine a hard oh. seltzer on Luca. Ah. Oh. Oh. You just call it. Just call it buzzwords at yeah. that point. Do you yeah, know what? Yeah. I had a, I had, it was really funny. We did a, we went to uh, California in 2017. We did a run of podcasts in San Diego and in LA. In San Diego, the first beer I had was from a brewery called Half Door. 
and they it was called buzzwords hashtag buzzwords wow look at that you're a visionary great minds genius great minds you know what i'm saying so i'm not sure no 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 well it's almost one yeah we're hitting three hours so uh i feel like we've done pretty well yeah i think we've done well yeah, uh, this is time flies. It flies. This has been nothing short of a pleasure. I knew it was going to be awesome. I was looking forward to this for a long time. So, uh, first of all, all three of you guys, thank you so much. You made this. Uh, oh yeah, Wu Tang, Wu Tang. Um, you made... I know. I'm doing the flying birds. Yeah, that's a game. We're doing the no pigeons. Oh, the, that's the real throwback. The no pigeons. That's a real like late '90s throwback. If you real hate it. No, Early two thousands, I believe. Oh well, maybe it was. I guess the no, no. You're right. You're right. Late nineties. Was it you're off fan mail? Because right. it was off fan mail, which is no scrub was off fan mail. The no pigeons was by that one group who never had another song. Exactly. And what I, was their name? Uh, I um, can't even fucking remember because they're so. Google yeah, please I do. Because that no, was I like, I, guys, I wasn't born, so don't. don't yeah, you talk probably about that. It, I swear, I have it on vinyl. No, Sporty no. Thieves. Sporty Thieves, that's what it was. That's a hip hop reference right thieves. there. Jeez. Yes. Oh, like, damn. Yo, that, Sporty Thieves still living off them royalties. Yeah, I hope so. Because most uh, of that money was going to be going to fucking Dallas Austin or whatever <laughs> who produced that shit. So I don't even know. Because <laughs> it was a jack, right? It was a, it was a mixtape song. So yeah, if they got actual publishing from it, they would have had to clear the sample. And it wasn't a sample because it was a mixtape song. So I don't know how that would. I hope for their sake that they're still getting forty five dollars every month off that fucking song. You know, <laughs> making amends, let, taking let, the cash. Let's make them appear on our next mixtape. Yo, I feel like I can make it happen. I feel like I can make. There some, you uh, go. I'll hit them up the on MySpace. Thieves, second Baron, sporty thieves come back. The <laughs> fucking. Uh, how do you go from the hottest single on the radio to a barcode on the side of a beer can? One oh one. What a like! It could be a pumpkin spice Luca Vienna uh, Lager with dang. lactose. Uh, there you go. I'm just saying. Um, uh, no, Je- Noah's already sleeping on that. Well, I sleep on your beers, you yawn boy, motherfuckers. Guys, <laughs> I love you all. You're genuinely amazing. Where can everybody find you all online? Whoever wants to start. <sighs> Jacob, you start. Yeah. Uh, no, you can find us online. Saint-Cambaron is pretty simple. Number five, letter E, B-A-R-O-N, Baron. Uh, you'll find us pretty much everywhere. So uh, check us out and uh, check out Beerism. Check out BAOS Podcast. Check out Hops and Bros. And uh, thanks for having us on, guys. It's been a long time coming. I feel uh, it's been, I'm going to say, years in the making. Yeah. I wonder if that's, mm-hmm. a, good, that's a good episode, man. Yeah. 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 Years in the making. There yeah. you go. That's it's hip hop. Wolves are a big thing. Yeah. Look at that. Literally right at the very end. It was either 100% wolf. On their dick or years in the making. I think we've got that choice. <laughs> years in the Maybe making it could is much be all three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The crossroads there. Yeah, yeah. The years in the making on the dick. Years. Sorry for talking about your dick all the time. I just really enjoy what you guys do. Now, for real, I appreciate all of you guys. Um, uh, you know, Noah, thank you again for uh, for co-hosting. You're a fucking G man. You make this a pleasure, Chris. It's always a pleasure to have you on, bro. Um, Jacob, pleasure to actually talk to you in person here, or the closest thing to in person. I love everything about what you guys are doing. As we have said, I am firmly 
on your crotch region. I think it's just phenomenal. And if anyone hasn't tried your stuff, do whatever you can. If you have to trade, if you're in Montreal and you can go, you, well, you can go buy it. You know, there's 90 cases in this bitch and they will be regularly. But, you know, I just, just keep killing it. Keep doing fantastic stuff. It's, yeah, I could, I could go all on it. But thank you. Thank you for everything you guys do. I love it. I wish you immense success. And please, let's, let's keep doing this. Let's, like, I'm, if you guys ever want to come back on, holla. It's done. Let's go. Whatever you want to do, this platform is always yours. I want to be uh, covering everything you do and, uh, you know, letting the people know exactly what's popping with you guys because it makes, awesome. me, makes me very happy. A little happy. bit of a hint. Maybe we'll, we'll have you on next time. Right, Chris? Oh, 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 wait, wait. Oh, 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 oh. Huh? Thank you huh? so much, guys. We See? really appreciate We appreciate everything you do for, for the beer industry, and it uh, it was a pleasure uh, being on. So uh, thanks, and let's do this again. Yeah, man. Fuck for yeah. Sure. All right. I'll wrap this up. You guys stick on the Skype call just after I wrap this up as well. Yeah. So, guys, if you yeah. enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast. And check out the long-form audio so you can hear extraordinary ordinarily attractive motherfuckers like the boys i've had on tonight uh we'll see you in the next episode we are back next friday probably at 8 p.m uh we'll announce it online <laughs> we'll see you then guys take it easy get in ya.